You got the heart of a goddamn lion. I respect you. You took a beating. To the show that rocks harder than a bright slap. That's Gundam at MAHQ. I think you used that before, I believe. No, no, it actually, it was submitted by our man, um, one of our listeners, uh, Rijins. He Sounds submitted familiar. That. Yep. So you may have read it before, but now it's now now it's now it's in stereo. But um, I, I'm one of the hosts of Gundam. That's right, Sobo Ryu, who is um, no, you're not. Oh, <laughs> who was all but missing last last um, episode, but I'm back now to, to, to the annoyance of many. And, and nobody um, missed you. <laughs> and um, also joining me... It's a well-recorded episode, that episode, Chris. Everything went so smoothly. So smooth to edit and such. And it was so it was so good. So good. I should take a break more often. But Become also, the behind-the-scenes man. Joining me in this episode, of course, is... Uh, you and Troll. That's right. Oh, you're here, Troll? <laughs> Guys suck. The worst podcast ever. As usual. As you should listen to my podcast. It's so much better than yours. Mr. Troll, how is life? How's life treating you? Really? That sucks. It must be so hard. <laughs> hating on hating on so much. Treat, life treating you worse than uh, season two of Double O? Worse Double O since Double O. Nice. Troll, when you, when, you, when you heard about the Soul Bro seal of approval, how did that make you feel? Like, when you hear about stuff like that, does it anger you? More like the seal of stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your your counter thing would be the seal of suck as opposed to the soul bro seal of approval. Yeah, pretty much. And that, and that's why the troll is so well liked. <laughs> hey, he showed up in that picture. He did. That picture he? that one guy drew for Man. the anniversary. Gonna so. have to frame his portion of that picture. Blow it up. <laughs> Again, thanks to Seraphic who also um, recently colored that picture. Um, if you want to see it, by all means, check out um, check out check us out on Gundam.net and the Mecha Talk board. You can find the picture there. But um. Also in this episode, which is episode 49, we're joined in our um, two segments that we're going to be speaking on by um, Canada's Finest. That's right, Peter, a.k.a. Destiny Gundam on the Mechatalk.net boards. Or as you would know him as Pedal Bear North. Pedal Bear North, man. The original Pedal Bear. The originator. And um, in this episode, the two subjects at hand are, um, we first kick off with our discussion of things that we would like to change in the Macross franchise. Um, pretty much that's spawning off of our um, earlier subjects where we talked about what we wanted to change in the, the Gundam franchise. And then after that, we talk about the uh, schisms in um, in franchises uh, brought about by fanboys who um, want to take sides uh, of certain um, aspects of uh, certain popular sci-fi franchises featuring Gundam, Macross, and and other ones that you'll you'll hear in that segment. Yeah, you were absent from that troll. I didn't really. I, I thought you would have busted in on that one. Cause it all sucked. <laughs> you showed up once or twice, at least you know in part. But um, if anything, um, before we get started with that, uh, we have uh, the news with, of course, your newscaster Neo. Yes, in the down in the. In the newsroom here, I got some good stuff, and um, really, this is going to be more stuff. Just telling you to go to the Neo's listener submitted news articles 
thread on the Mecha Talk uh, forum in the Gundam section. Uh, the first one I got here is from Aaron0086. Hmm. And if you go to, he submitted a link, and this is more a visual thing, but on the Nikong blog, uh, they posted up some images of um, the new Double O movie, and there's also a, a new clip for um, you know for the movie. So, and a lot of stuff there. I mean, it's not one of these things where it's like four pics or like a scan, two scans out of a new type. Mm-hmm. These are actually a lot of uh, JPEGs. So, uh, a lot wow. of cool stuff. Uh, the Meisters still look pretty, and um, you know, there's some some sections there. Graham shows up as um, you know Graham Aker, and uh, you know a lot of, a lot of cool stuff there. So, any fans of the Double O franchise, um, even Mister Zan. Bot three, you know, even if this might be better than the Double O movie might be better than season two of Double O. Get out of here! Might man. make more sense. Should I already give it the Sobro approval? You should, even I though should. you haven't seen it. The guarantee is there. Okay, that's right. We're locking it in. All right. So on to, on today's show, Sobro guaranteed that the Mobile Suit Gundam Double O movie will be good. It'll blow the whole franchise out. So of the if it doesn't, respond. Uh, put all re- responses to sbrmhq at gmail.com <laughs> along with examples of uh, Captain Picard number one uh, relationship fanfic. I should just really. Loop up my email address for 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 a prompt raping. <laughs> <laughs> also, as everyone knows, always do petition requests to the same email. Any anything because he's there for it. But um, next uh, next little article I have here is from the Lightning Count from uh, the fine fine folks of Anime News Network. Those very objective and unbiased reviewers that they have there. Um, and Bandai does it again. Um, any of those folks that are waiting for part four of uh, Lelouch or Kogia's Lelouch of the Rebellion R2, uh, the regular limited edition, and the second season of Double O Part 1. I mean, they're both going to get delayed. They were supposed to be released in March 2nd, but they're going to be pushed back to April 6th. But I guess I would. Oh that, boy, who I knows guess, what sort of uh, what sort of defects there'll be once these come out? Even after that delay, yeah. Bandai doesn't release anything without defects these days. Yeah, and um, well, I mean, with Code Geass, it's the end of the sh- it's the end of R two uh, double O. Well, it's the start of season two, so you don't need to see that because it wasn't very good anyway. Just take our word for it. And uh, the, Bandai also revealed that they're going to be re-releasing, and no one has any excuse not to watch these now. Or, or to own them, uh, the Mobile Suit Gundam movie trilogy at a newer low-priced Anime Legends format in May. So I'm wondering if they're going to add... Uh, I don't mind that the, I have the old I'll one. I'll buy it at a low price. <laughs> you will? Yes. Stranger. And, of course, that trilogy tells the story of the original Mobile Suit Gundam Mecha show. And uh, Anand's also streaming the original... Uh, Series in the T- uh, English dubbed along with uh, the two other ser- two other series from the Gundam franchise on their site now too. So um, it is kind of weird. Feels like we're gonna have to talk about that in the future here. Right on. But um, and this is another article. Um, and once again, this is one of these things. It's better to go to the link on Neo's listener submitted news articles thread in the Mecha Talk forum. And this is from Aaron. 006 from and again and this is from the Nikon blog and this is hilarious this is this is almost up there with Pundum Uh-oh. but not so much oh um you know how you can put those casings or you can put like skins on like your like your 360 or your um you know your uh, computer or you know, like your PS3 or something like that right well in Japan they've really gone off the rocker you can now get computer casings for either the GM mm. or the goof that is awesome. And the goof one's funny because they actually have the nozzle with the the hoses wrapping around the computer. 
That is beautiful stuff. And the This is no Macintosh boy. No <laughs> Macintosh. This is no Dell boy. No Dell. Um and what makes it even better is the little power indicator light on the GM. Of course it's green. Mm-hmm. On the goof it's red. So uh nice. definitely check that out. The it, it's pretty cool though. The goof one, you know, it's got the and on the sides it's got the Xeon logo and it's got all the little you know, all the little uh, things on it, like the model numbers and stuff like that. They're pretty funny. So, I mean, I guess there's a market for it. But um, Check those out. Yeah, definitely check those out. And this is something from uh, one of our... Somebody's been on our show before, and uh, Armro NT1. And he had talked... He has said that um, he's got a scan, and it's in Japanese. But, I mean, I guess he, he's able to read it. I don't know, Chris. Is he? on it because he was talking about how um in this book basically translated that uh bandai is going to be dropping uh, as he says dropping the uc from the high gray uc line and they're going to be doing yep. alternate universes of g wing and x and the turn a and uh, the gundam x is slated for april and uh, a, a high grade double zeta will be released in june and just go to his post there and he's got a link to it and it looks really good the uh the x there have been uh, some some more postings about that on uh, Nagi Keong blog. So uh, you can see there's line art now. They have their um, pictures of the models of the um, high grade uh, X and uh, God Gundam. Yeah, he's got a he had a Hobby Japan scan. Uh, you know, just you know, just the pictures. All the writing was in Japanese. But um, so yay for uh, alternate universes finally getting into high grades. Wow, does that mean we can get the flat? Wasn't that in uh, Turn A, the flat, the big... Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what was the big... Uh, what was those those big, goofy ones? The really tall, tall ones that the Moonrays had. Oh, the, the Wadome? The Wadomes, yeah. <laughs> and, hey, we might actually get um, Will Game, his uh, his Sudi Dyson. Nice. That'd be awesome. It even comes with a chopped-up Will Game you can put inside the cockpit. Damn yeah. it. You, no, you have two. You have two figures of Will Game. You have regular Will Game, and then you have Sirloin Will Game. Sirloin. <laughs> Sirloin of Will Game. Sirloin of Will Game. Would you rather have? I I'm thinking I'd like to sirloin a Will Game, but yet the ribeye of Bernie looks pretty damn appetizing. <laughs> Bernie Salisbury steak. So, well done, Bernie. Say, well done. It gives me a feeling urge to have hamburgers. Excuse me. Do you have any A1? But um, that's it for the news. And once again, I'd like to thank everybody for their submissions. And, um, you know, just like always, um, you know, send uh, send what you can. Definitely send the link or a, especially a quick little blurb about it. And uh, read your neighbors beforehand. So, you know, you don't waste the time of putting something up that's already been put up. So... But that's it for the news, and we'll be going over to uh, Chris. Oh, to the, uh, he's to got the, a very heavy, very heavy bag on his shoulder, don't you, Chris? To the postmaster general himself. Yes. Yes. And uh, for the first question, we got a couple coming from the man who makes the impossible possible, Mulaflaga. One of his questions is: After so many years and varying incarnations of Gundam set in the same universe or alternate universes, would you be able to come up with? A unique story slash plot idea for a series. Double O tried to do this and did pretty well, but still borrowed some ideas from previous Gundam shows. Hmm. Well, I think I think with Gundam, anyways, it's just going to be one of these things where you're always going to have some semblance of the other shows and some kind of cliche that's going to be um, part of the original show or, or the shows that came after, as long as it's not, you know, 
put it ad nauseum. It's not a problem. I don't have a problem with that. Um, in terms of like an original story, I guess one of the best things would be um, maybe set in the far, far UC and they finally in- encounter aliens or something. That could be something that would be very different. Um, or, um, you know, even something where, um, you know, there's maybe they go in the ways of creating like robotic robots you know like actual robots and maybe they rebel like i.e Battlestar or the matrix or something like that but nothing too much i could think off the top of my head nice but sobra i we, we i think we've um we've talked about it in the past but crossroads counterattack yes yes indeed no <laughs> no Grant, the I, gland glorious pizza gundam shooting out pies and sauce <laughs> I just like to see a Gundam series as a, that's a, that's that's kind of laid back like um, the beginning of X was, where you kind of have a travel log and a ragtag bunch of people, and they get into some um, to be to be a bit like um, Bebop was to take that, that take that that element that be, that made Bebop hipster so cool. mech pilots. Yeah, I, I would love to see <laughs> I would love to see um, that kind of spin on the Gundam series where you know yeah. Hey there, um, Jack, get yeah, off my Gundam. That would be cool. <laughs> that, you know, have some hipster. Um, <laughs> Gundam pilots and and just have like a, a kind of a retro type look and, Where's and the beef? style. There's no beef in this. <laughs> <laughs> to to a Gundam show and you know. So you want to have mercenary uh, X triad Gundam pilots? <laughs> I, <would> just, <laughs> I like it to be a travelogue of awesome man with 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 a bunch of ragtag people on a uh, not so much on a mission or quest but just living day to day and have like a I guess a um a plot line that's building in the background to um. Hey, you want to know conclusion. something? There's a What's show that? that already does that. Cowboy Bebop. Without robots, it's called Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> and, a, and a lesser extent, Samurai Shampoo. They I get, took yeah, it, it took it took it to the past and rewrote uh rewrote history for a little while there. Well, I would like to see that approach done to a Gundam series and and see where it goes. Um, they don't have to follow the same storyline just to have that kind of unique spin. So well, that and just me. the other one I like is maybe a chick as the main pilot for yeah. once. That'd be cool. I'm full of grants. Yeah. Very Even hot. Even would never happen. Yeah. Very hot chick. You kill Joy, you? Yeah. <laughs> One without DF- DFCs. No DFCs no in that Gundam. DFCs. No DFCs in that Gundam. I'm sorry, Peter. I'm sorry. <laughs> but go ahead, Chris. I would like to see um, something like uh, an extra solar setting. Um, definitely there's a great story. The the old uh, Ryoshi Takahashi series, uh, Dugram, which predated Votomes, where you have this uh, planet very far away that humans have colonized called Deloyer, and they're politically suppressed by the Earth because Earth is dependent on this planet for its uh, bounteous um, raw, mineral, raw minerals and uh, other things that are mined from the planet. And there's a independence movement on that planet that gets brutally oppressed, and the series is about this sort of guerrilla war against that. So I'd love to see, instead of just the always Earth versus the space colonies, I'd like to see Earth versus another planet of human colonists that's very far away. Presumably at this point in the future, you know, they'd have like faster than light travel. And sort of an interesting thing would be, mixing it up of having planet versus planet would be, what side would the colonies take? Yeah. Would the colonies, you know, would they side with Earth out of fear? Would they want to side with uh, fellow oppressors on another planet and maybe rise up against the Federation? That way, you sort of have a two-front war of Earth versus the colonies in the local area, area, and then, you know, Earth versus this other planet somewhere else. 
That'd be cool. I think that'd make a very uh, interesting interesting um, setting for a series that will never happen, but it'd be nice to see. Man, so and short of that, just watch Doug Room. I have to check that show out. So what what you saying? Um, are you saying that that um, Avatar Avatar jacked a little bit of Dugram from um from its uh. In Avatar the jacked a little bit. bit. No, I I think Avatar jacked more from uh, Dances with Wolves and Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> the old fallbacks. <laughs> Mr. Moo also asks: mm-hmm. Is there any Gundam side story or manga that deserve to become an animated series? In your opinion, I Unicorn. See the Unicorn. Oh wait, hey, he already did. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. The greatest move, the greatest novel ever, <laughs> Unicorn. Wonder how that's like too. I we'll have to, can't wait till the twelfth to see it. Oh man, he, I know. He, he. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I gotta say, my first choice outside of Unicorn is Astray. Um, I think the uh, we said we joked about it before, but the Astray, the Astray mangas as a whole make for a better series than what was seen in <laughs> Destiny. That's for sure. Yeah, not so much some of the later ones. Oh, um, yeah. some of the earlier ones, They're at least Logal and 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 um. And Guy, those two, they could give us 50 episodes of that awesome stuff. That's great. I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, I don't know. Probably, um, uh, that, what's that one? It, what is it the one where the Titans pilots are the, the, the test pilots for... Um, Advance of Zeta. Yeah. That, I mean, I haven't read it. I haven't seen anything on it, <gasps> but people talk about it a lot. That would be kind of cool. CDA. That immediately comes to mind. Yeah. Well, that's... That'll probably depend on Unicorn, I bet. Yeah, I the mean, success of Unicorn. even as an OVA, I'd be fine with it. But the CDA, as far as deleted affair, I'd love to see that animated, most definitely. Even though uh, there's been a zillion one-year war side stories, if we're going to have some more, which you know that we are, mm-hmm. yeah. I would certainly like to see Rise from the Ashes yeah. adapted because it'd make a great um, sort of gritty story in a setting that we've seen very little of Yeah, outside of, you know, three or four episodes of um, 0083. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also doesn't have any Gundams in it, so that's, you know, given that we've had Igloo, we could certainly get away with doing Rise from the Ashes. Blue Destiny would also make a, a good OAV, I think. Yeah. That I've read. In terms of manga, F90 would be a pretty good candidate. Hmm. Yeah. How about... Um, that's a pretty good story. How about um, the Crossbone Vanguard? I think it's hokey. Oh. Crossbone is really weird later on, and its mobile suits are hideous and disgusting. Ouch. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I'm referring to the Jupiter Empire, not anything else. <laughs> Jupiter Empire's things are hideous-looking underwater monsters. And I don't know if this would translate very well to animation. Well, then. <laughs> I stand corrected. And uh, the last question we're going to take from Mr. Moo Finally, if you had to pick the most realistically portrayed robot series, which one would it be and why? I.e. Gasaraki, Full Metal Panic, Innocent Venus, etc. Gal Gagar, right? That's realistic. Okay. No, just kidding. Uh, mm. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'd probably say Voltomes because, you know, it just I, I can't really see robots being that large, you know, like in the Gundams and actually without really toppling without toppling all over themselves and um you know voltum seems like the next nearest uh progression that we would have and anything that we would do in you know in present times um full metal panic that gets a little kind of crazy too because that whole thing with the whispered and all that so so you would say voltums even with uh god being a computer and uh yeah that's true irrational survivors and uh all that sort of stuff yeah, I think I was looking more of the mecha, I guess. Um, 
What were some of the other ones that what were some? Yeah, Gasaraki. Gasaraki. Yeah. Uh, Gasaraki's yeah. mecha were pretty realistic until later you found out the origin of them, and then it wasn't yeah. so realistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because no aliens play into the fact. Don't, yeah. don't they factor in somewhere? Yeah. And what, what, how about Dugram? Would that um, I, we haven't seen it, but um, I, Dugram's pretty realistic. Although the Dugram itself has the uh, it being a very early real robot show, it kind of has that Gundam invincibility. Oh no! no. Yeah. <laughs> but it is very realistic in other senses, so that would be a good one. I would also say Pat Labor because yeah, you know, the, those mecha are very limited in the sorts of things that they can do. That is true. Presented in the way they are, I'd say that's a pretty good. I, I would say, first season of Kogia seemed pretty realistic. <laughs> Not so much after we got like the Gavin and all those other things, but um, you know, the, the nightmare seemed pretty realistic for the at, at the beginning there, but then they kind of just mucked it I up. I guess if you, if you limit yourself to just the Sutherland and nothing else. Yeah, I mean. The Sutherland and the Glasgow's and stuff, but yeah, once we, well, even even the Lancelot didn't seem that crazy as compared to later incarnations of it. I mean, yeah, it was a more of a high performance suit, but it didn't yeah, seem certainly not as crazy as uh, Lancelot Albion. Yeah, or um, the Tristan or anything like that. I mean, those things. And then what was it? Um, what, what was it? The Shinkiro, the one that he had the the. Phantom of the Opera keyboard controlling everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that to an extent. Quite Any, anything else? No, I, I got to say, if I had to pick something that you know, I've seen and, and and I know from watching, I, I'd go with Votums too. Even though the story kind of gets far out there towards the yeah. end, um, I just I look at the scope dog and I see that being you know I could see that being made, and they they presented that suit as something that 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 might become real world someday. I think that's so. always the problem with robot shows is like no matter how realistic you get them to be, there's always some type of like out, you know, out of this world explanation for yeah. something. It's like as even in like double low, it's like it was one of the better progressions of how, you know, cause that world wasn't too advanced from ours, but yet they had these mobile suits and it's like the Gundams are so much more better than, you know, the regular mobile suits, but yet, there's still a, more of an outer world thing because GN particles and stuff, it's like a made-up thing mm-hmm. unless you go by those specs on the uh, online where you can make a GN, GN reactor. I wonder if anybody ever used those oh, man. to make one. But I have one to pop my popcorn in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Does it work nice? 30 seconds well, and you're done with a bowl of popcorn? The thing is, after I ate the popcorn, I went to the bathroom to, to wash my hands. I looked in the mirror and my eyes were glowing yellow. Oh, GN AIDS. <laughs> So I don't know what's up with that. Um, nice. Moving on, our next question comes from um, either this is pronounced as Philos Master or Philo S Master. I don't know. I hope you get the same hate that I do when I can't when I'm wondering what these people are uh, how to pronounce their things. We'll just call him Philo. Philo. <laughs> Philo <laughs> says he's got two questions relating to Overman King Gainer. Oh. Uh-oh. First one, I read the ANN review and thought they were a bit too harsh on the series. What do you think of the series? Does it deserve the C-plus average it got from ANN? I enjoyed the antics of the Siberian Railroad crew and the bizarre Overman designs. For me, the series was a refreshing change of pace, and I enjoyed it a great deal more than brain-powered. Another non-recent, another recent non-Gundam Tamino effort, which seems to have been reviewed more favorably on ANN. Wow. I'm going to go with this one first, being a reviewer and all. Go ahead. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't knock 
them for having uh, their own opinion. Obviously, ANN has a whole staff of reviewers, and their opinions are not going to be the same as you know yours or mine. And there are times I disagree with them quite a few times. And reading this review, I think uh, if I was going to criticize it in any way, I would think that the theme that runs throughout it is that the reviewer went into it with a totally different set of expectations from what the show really was. Yeah. There's a point where, uh, there's a paragraph where there's a lot of um, talk about the opening series and that it's really ridiculous and crazy and blah, 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 and it uh, you know doesn't match with the rest of the show. And I would say, how was that even the case? Because the show is just ridiculous from beginning to end. Exactly. Yeah. And I think probably the reviewer went into this with the mindset of, oh, this is Tamino, this is the guy who did Gundam, this is probably going to be like some big serious thing, and not be used to you know, some of the comedy stuff that he's done. If you look at stuff like Zabungo or Elgine or Double Zeta, where it's not always all serious with this guy. So I think the, the ratings and the disappointment probably stems in some part from expecting something that was different from the actual product. So what did you guys think of that review? I, I think that's a fair as- way of ascertaining the, the guy's review. I think, um, yeah, it does seem like he was looking in for something else. Um, and it just didn't work out. At, and, you know, for some people, that's very difficult to, um, you know, uh, kind of get that out of their mindset, even when it isn't, you know, not expected to be what you were thinking it was going to be from a Tamino. Uh, I think it's a, might be a little harsh in some ways, but, you know. I, for, the rec- I, for the record, the review, I think, was done by a woman, so. Yeah. Oh. So Just, just want to make sure that we, we got our... our we don't misidentify someone as a he rather than a she. And, th- and that might be a big part of it, too, because I think, um, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, mecha shows in general appeal more to men and all that. But I, you can definitely see there it's I, I could see a gender distinction of like or dislike in that in that anime. Like it seems more of like kind of, um, you know, kind of locker room humor, more thing with, um, you know, for men than necessarily like uh like a Kogius or something, which kind of had more of a mass appeal to both genders. But, you know, um, you, can't, you can't go too much into it. But I, I think what you said with it being they were probably expecting one thing and got something else, that's probably, that, that seemed like kind of the reoccurring thing with it. So, so bro? I, I guess if you went into this expecting something like Gundam, I guess you could set yourself up for disappointment. Um, Overman King Gainer was lighthearted from the start. Um, you know, it had kind of this jovial attitude to it. There were, there were, of course, they faced pretty, pretty strong odds and whatnot. But you didn't get into it um, thinking it was going to be something like Zeta or or um, L, uh, not L game, but um, a day on or something with the the situations that bloody grave. You, you're not getting into that with with that kind of. Um, it doesn't start off with that kind of vibe. And at, at, at this point in time, you know, Tamino, he just, you know, he, he's 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 a lot more laid back and a lot less dramatic than he used to be. So I, I guess I went into it with that knowledge, um, and she went into it may, maybe with next to no knowledge on this and um, ended up being disappointed by the show or just thinking it was lackluster. But I enjoyed Overman King Gainer. I, I thought um, it was a fun show, and I, I don't think it deserves that, that harsh of a review. She could have been harsher with it, though, to be honest with you. But um, oh, yeah, I mean, she was she was fair to Midland with most of the show, and and I I I think it deserves more praise than that. But agree to disagree. 
Okay, and uh, Philo's second question on the same subject is, do you think it's likely we'll ever get a continuation of the series, or are other stories set in the same world? My only complaint with the series is the pacing, which culminated in an ending that felt rushed, in my opinion. It left me wanting to know more about the characters and the setting. I would say don't hold your breath, because yeah. it's been eight years since um, the show aired, and Gundam notwithstanding, Tamino's really not a fan of doing sequels. Yeah. And this only ever seemed like a one-shot series, just like there are so many out there. There's plenty of series out there that, out there that probably deserve sequels, but all you get is 13 or 26 episodes, and that's that. So um, I didn't really have a problem with, with the pacing or the conclusion, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to see any, any sequels because, one, it, it just seemed like to be set up as just a one-shot deal, and two, you know, it's been eight years. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree on that. I, I think if, we, if there was going to be a sequel, it would have been now already. Yeah. I think it's more likely to see him do another Gundam show than do uh, Overman King Gainer. And I just I just like Tamina to make up for the disappointment. That's Wings of Rian. <laughs> to, to That's go a on. whole other story. Ooh, well, sometimes it's better. Unfortunately, every, uh, I was going to say, sometimes... Every time there's a Dunbine sequel, it's cursed to be bad. Damn. I was going to say, though, sometimes it's better, it's better to be quiet because that can cause uh, plausible deniability oh, that it no. ever existed. <laughs> So, the less you the less you talk about it, the 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 more people will forget. I see. So, because you you don't want to do it a sequel, say it. Oh yeah, this is a sequel to this piece of crap that was put out and you know five years ago. <laughs> All right, and our last question comes from Cyborg Zeta, and I guess this the first part of it is uh, aimed more towards me, and it goes. I've noticed that MHQ has a mecha section for. Eureka 7, but doesn't have a corresponding anime section for it. Why is that, and do you guys like the show? Uh, for the first part of that, it has a mecha section because it does. There was material for it, so we made a mecha section, and uh, although we try to have matching anime and mecha sections, that's not always the case. So the reason there's no anime section for it is no one's offered to review it, and it's something I may do in the future, although I haven't determined it yet, so... There probably will be a section in the future, just not any time in the near future. And I do like the show, so, gentlemen? I like the show. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure it's more of probably finding the time to going back and reviewing it because people have to probably remember that I'm sure, I'm just speaking for you on this, but these written reviews of these shows are pretty time-consuming at times, <laughs> probably consisting of a lot of pausing and unpausing with uh, a lot of note scribbling in it so yeah well they wouldn't be time consuming if reviews were the only thing i had to do but right when you got things like mecha sections and model kit reviews and all this other junk then yeah that stuff is time consuming and even if i'm not doing the reviewing myself and i'm just editing and posting reviews that someone else made that's still time consuming so hey, it's it's a long show i mean you got what 50 episodes show and and a movie. And a movie now, so, yeah. If anybody out there is a competent writer and wants to get with Chris on um, submitting his reviews. <laughs> and yeah, I haven't seen the movie. I've seen the series. I enjoyed the series, but I Dang. can't talk. I heard what you said. I was hearing you don't, a lot You don't want to see this movie. Yeah, I heard it's really? pretty bad. Damn. Yeah, really bad. Bones, what's going That's on? But, um, yeah, is it, it worse than The Prince of Darkness? Did that On the level of that bad? I wouldn't compare the two only because Prince of Darkness is a continuation, whereas uh, so Eureka, 7, Eureka 7 movie is uh, a telling that you can just totally ignore. Oh, okay. wow. 
Kind of like ex Escaplone. Nice. <laughs> I guess. Disposable. Nice. <laughs> That's it for me. I, I never. I haven't seen Eureka Seven, so I, 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 the jury's out. <laughs> well, you should have spoken up faster instead of just letting all that dead space there. Hey, man. <laughs> That's what I excel at. As at like like in, last, sure. like in the last episode, I'm sure you'll. Uh, well, yeah, we did ask you questions at that. Oh, you sure did. I should have just put stuff in there. <laughs> I guess that's it for the mailbag, Chris. Right? It is uh, for this for this week, and oh. uh, of course, be sure to submit more questions in the mailbag drop box thread that's on the Gundam subforum on mechatalk.net. With that, um, that's the end. That's the end of our um, intro. We'll be back with more Gundam at MAHQ. Gundam! Oh, this is Baku Alsu. Hey, this is Elvin Blazero. Hey, everybody, this is Mikhail from the uh, RRFDP podcast and uh, Row Row Fight the Power. We're here to uh, tell you about a podcast we have started. Uh, it is where us, your hosts, and most likely Saber will be here and we will talk about your news or whatever we deem we wish to talk about from the everyday to the uh, obscure. So check us out at rrfdppodcast.blogspot.com. And uh, this is how we fight the power. Fight the power! How <coughs> the the girl, uh, Jesse, she was pretty damn hot. Everyone wanted to get into her pants back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you say so, buddy. That anime, it should be buried and it should never come out again. Yeah, I'm, I I'm swear to f***ing God, this anime is pure sh- And people were looking at me and one girl actually came up to me and said, What's a bonkai? I was very, very tempted to say my penis. Start talking and talk fast, you lousy bum! We've been frantically trying to reach you, dude. Where is my goddamn money, you bum? Well, well we... I, 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 I don't... They did not receive the money, you nitwit! They did not receive the money! Her life was in your hands! This is our concern, dude. No, man, nothing is f- here. Nothing is f- No, man. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountains! This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by Petco. All right, everyone, welcome back to uh, Gundam at MAHQ. And in this segment, we're going to be um, once again joined by our, our our great white north brother there, um, Peter. <laughs> Introduce yourself, Peter. Yeah. Again. And uh, I, I I think Solbro, if you if you if you're able to sound find the sound effect, I think the uh, Mackenzie brothers call would be great when he when when we call out uh, Mr. Peter there. Affectionately known as Peter. Pedo Bear North and uh, Solbro will be on this one oh, also, just uh, unlike last episode. <laughs> and uh, in this topic, we're going to be going a little bit more of just kind of analyzing the silliness, stupidness, and overall retardedness of uh, fanboy fanboy wars. And we're we're gonna we're gonna go through a couple uh, different uh, examples here. And probably the first one is something. Well, uh, you know, if if you've been a um, 
a fan of Gundam for a long time. Uh, I'm sure you have seen uh, a lot of these things on the old interwebs, and especially they especially got extra vicious when Seed and Destiny came around. But uh, the, the first uh, fanboy type of uh, war that we will kind of look into here is the uh, UC versus AC in Gundam. Basically, the Universal Century fans versus the AC fans. Uh, you know, all, all all alternate century sucks. All Universal Century sucks. All non-Tamino stuff sucks. Blah, blah, blah. So, but uh, I, I guess thing ever it's so stupid, yeah. so badly. And uh, hopefully, when we do this top, when we do this segment, it'll be better than uh, season two of Double O. Oh man, because uh, that's what we always try to achieve <laughs> here at Gundam. Better than season two of Double O. Oh man, because we will definitely have our soul bro approval there, seal of approval. Nice, but, um, nice. I guess maybe the first person to get into this a little bit is uh, Mr. Chris. Uh, some of your thoughts on the. The uh, the hilarity that is the fanboy wars of UC versus AC. I I might have an observation or two to make on this subject. I, I have some experience in it, you might say. As you are a what is it a, a tick suck a teat sucking uh, uh, goose stepper for Bandai and Sunrise, right? <laughs> Pretty much, and um, you you're know, very, you're un- unbiased. And depending on on who's insulting me, uh, a UC elitist. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> which. I find amusing because that all entirely arises from, you know, not having sung the praises of Wing and Seed. So instantly, I become a UC elitist, even though I gave very good reviews to Turn A, X, and G. So go figure. Well, aren't aren't Seed and Wing the only two Gundams you need to worry about? Pretty much, I guess those are the only two that matter when it comes to to uh, determining um, fanboyism. But. It's interesting because uh, in any franchise or in anything, it's just, it's just sort of tribalistic human tendency to always divide everything into groups of us versus them, yeah. no matter what it is. You know, politics, uh, ethnicity, religion, sports. You know, sports, everything, even down to the most mundane, insignificant things. We always feel the need as people to divide things into us versus them. Uh, one of the things you see most commonly on, on the Internet and um, chronicled by our friends over at Destructoid.com is video game fanboy wars, you know, oh. that never end between the, the Wii and the 360 and the PS3 and... Um, if you go to Destructoid.com and you actually have the constitution to, to read through this, they have on Friday a feature called Fanboy Friday, where every week one of their staffers goes out and collects like the most amusing and sadly depressing and horrifying fanboy comments he can find from that week, and then posts them for you in context, so you have some idea of you know what, uh, what the complaining is about. And it almost always is something about, what, this game only got a 9.1? It clearly deserved at least a 9.8, or, you know, PS3 is the worst ever, it's 360, and yada yada. And sometimes he mixes it up by, this is even worse, I, I don't know how he, he does this, um, all of these fanboys who post, um, who post videos of themselves on YouTube <laughs> blubbering about whatever subject for three or four minutes because I really want to watch some, you know, fat loser in his bedroom uh, babbling for three minutes about why is the PS3 so bad because 360 had all the best games and the PS3 is for, for, for fags and losers and mama's boys because it has no games and they all suck. Hey, has the general made that uh, Fanboy Friday yet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I better watch out. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe, huh? <laughs> 
But it's funny because, you know, you look at all of those yeah. uh, comments and they're posted there in all of their horrible uh, English grammar butchering glory. Mm-hmm. You could just remove, um, you know, 360 and PS3 and pop in, say, uh, Zeta and Seed mm-hmm. in place and it'd be the same thing. Yeah. It just goes to show how dumb people are about, you know, these complaints. And I just find it silly that... You know, you have on the one hand, and this applies in general to anime, but also specifically with Gundam, there's people who think anything older than Seed is garbage, yeah. and they refuse to watch things that are old, and then you've got people who think that anything after the year 2000 is garbage and refuse to watch anything from that point. Jeez. But, you know, even just the inter-show complaining of second half of 00 sucks compared to the first, and <laughs> it's just like, there's just never anything that people aren't complaining about. And I just wonder, it's like, where do we get to the point that nobody ever discusses anything anymore in in an interesting way? It's always complaining about what your perceived uh, wrongs are about the show and how stupid somebody is for either liking that show and not agreeing with you. Or the or the the, the thing I like is uh, people complaining that nobody respects their opinion, but yet that person that's complaining will attack anybody about things that they don't. Who doesn't uh, share their opinion? Yes, share their same feelings on something. So. Hmm. The idea is, you know, you don't share my opinion, therefore you are wrong. Yeah. Which, you know, I have my opinions, and you guys have your own, and we're not always going to agree on things, but that doesn't mean that I think that you all are retards for not having the same views that I do. So I don't know why it is that there's so much acrimony, and there's just so much division and, you know, pointless complaining about all of these things. That and the fact that people get so heated. Like, you know, somebody doesn't agree with what they think is wonderful or, or think sucks. And it's just like, you know, in the end, you know, you're going to enjoy things that you enjoy. And, you know, it, it shouldn't always matter what, um, you know, Joe Blow or, you know, or Joe Smith says. You know, it's just one of these things where it's like just, um, you know, it, it, it gets so divisive. But why do you think that is, Chris? The Well, the, like I said, you know, people just have an instinct to want to def- divide groups up into us versus them and gravitate towards people that agree with them and attack people that don't. I mean, even in, you know, aside from UC versus AU, you got even within UC a subset of people who, you know, any UC that's not Tamino sucks or any UC that's not about Xeon sucks. And then you got, you know, uh, even within that, you got all of the um, Xeon apologist fanboys who think that, uh, Fascism and genocide are righteous things. Whoa, Garen exactly. was right. Exactly, and I—I I don't know. I've, I've never had much of a taste for that. And you know, as I get older, I just find myself um, being more repulsed from these endless debates. Peter would definitely agree with me that if you do um, just want to see the train wreck uh, going by for fun, if you go to M on 4chan and just look at all of their endless debates back and forth about, you know, how much 00 sucks or how much Destiny sucks or how much Universal Century sucks or how much any of this sucks compared to something else. It's like, God, are people just this stupid wasting their so much of their time arguing about all of the stuff that in the end means nothing because it's just a stupid robot cartoon? And it gets pretty bad like on M because that's like a big part of that board there. Like, even if you do something like innocent, it'll... They'll find a way to turn it into a flame war. Like, especially batters, like, um, ship wars that will break out sometimes. Like, say, 
if you post a picture of self on M, people will be like, oh, get lost, self bag or whatever, and then stuff like that. That happens, like, oh, she's just use this character, worthless, or whatever, and then... Mary Sue, Gary Stu, yeah. Lots of use of, of uh, stupid, um, cliche terms and uh, TV tropes things that nobody recognizes, or one that uh, I see on all, all of 4chan, but I'm sure you would agree, Peter, is getting out of control, is uh, implying implications. Yeah. Well, that just... That just goes like total. That just like gets into like levels of ridiculous, like you know, sub level upon sub level of someone attacking someone and you know, putting the green text implying this, implying that. God, just stop for Christ's sakes. Um, well, I think is behind it is just it's mostly I think because of insecurities these fans have that if people don't agree with them, they'll start to doubt themselves that what they believe is true. Like say, oh, I believe. Double season two sucks, but then if you got a bunch of people saying like, no, it doesn't suck, then it puts it in their head. Oh, maybe it doesn't suck, but then people don't like being wrong, so they'll do anything to convince themselves more than anybody that what the other person's saying is stupid and wrong, and that they're just trolls to say this thing, and that they're worse than scum, and therefore their opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, like the same that. is true, uh, vice versa, because if they believe that something sucks and they see all these opinions saying right. that uh, it sucks, it reinforces their um, their perception that it's bad, which I think is just a ridiculous thing because I no. like the, that I like because I like them. I don't care what anybody thinks. I mean, if we were having a discussion and all three of you said that you absolutely hated Zeta and thought that it was the worst thing ever and anyone who likes it is a retard, that's not going to make me change the fact that I like the show. Yeah. So I don't know why it is that people have to feel the need to base their own perceptions of something or their own like or dislike based off of other people. You should like the things you like because you like them. Exactly. They, some people think by, by going against the grain, like, oh, everybody likes this, so I'm going to hate it and I'm going to be a rebel. I'm going to be all cool because I'm a rebel and I'm not like everything else. I'm not thinking what they're thinking. So there's that aspect to it, too. Well, that that and I think Peter hit the right thing. It's insecurity, and it's also like with people watch it with rose-colored glasses, and a kind of a way of going through that would be um, another popular uh, fanboy war within uh, Transformers, like uh, what is it? Oh. The- the generation one uh everything's raping on my childhood yeah everything that's not gener anything that's not generation one is, is crap or or vice versa and you know there, there can't there never can be any uh interpretations that other people may have of um of uh you know, when it comes to uh, the, the way a story is told. So, yeah. maybe Solbro, as a fan, since we're on Transformers, you would have something to say about uh, the Beast Wars era and what kind of things you've observed, because it's rather amusing what uh, what happens there. Well, um, I I grew up with Generation One, and um, it's pretty much the the Transformers that I know the best. When Beast Wars rolled around, it came out. You know, I I, I guess I wasn't feeling the the designs and whatnot, and um. And just just the whole presentation of the series being in 3D and whatnot, I wanted to see what I grew up with, you know, be continued instead of them going in a whole new direction. Go Energon, kids. but but you know what? I, I I tuned out of the series and didn't see the direction it was going, and um, the fact that it ended up being a prequel to everything we knew about Generation One it was actually and more semi prequel sequel thing. It's weird. It, 
Exactly, and 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 it had a, a little bit more character depth and character, um, and 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 just uh, you know, story development and the 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 stories presented in Beast Wars had a bit more edge to it, and you know, I I missed out on all of that because of my preconceived notions of the series. I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong, and I just completely you know I I, I missed out on the great series. If I ever get the chance to ever watch it in full, I will. Um, I know that the last season I guess delves into um, when they discover the Ark from. Um, um, season one where the the autobots originally crash landed on on planet earth and you know the the autobots that we know from se- uh, generation one are asleep and 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 won't be wa- won't be awakened for about a billion years so they go into that whole story arc and you know it, it, it's said to be probably the best part in the series do you even get reintroduced to starscream's ghost and it is there's multiple references and what i think is amusing is that uh to this day the people that generation one fans who for them generation one is all that there is and nothing else will ever hold up and everything else is garbage and they bash the hell out of beast wars when not aware of the fact that number one it's probably the biggest love letter there ever is to the first generation but also it develops its story and its character in such a way that it surpasses the original generation on every level and i was was but they just so blindly hate it that they can never bring themselves to see you know what it is that this show has to offer because everything is generation one generation one to the point that you know i'm sure you guys have seen uh, the new um, video game that's coming out war for cybertron yeah yeah one of the most obvious complaints is how come they're not using the old designs it's like jesus christ it's the year 2010 <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna see games or movies that have cars and trucks from 1984 get over it on top of that the series the generation one if they're such generation one fans they established that when they were on cybertron they look complete well their transformed states look completely different so why not play off that fact yeah not, and they only and they only uh became 1980s cars because they came to earth in the 19- 1980s that's exactly right who and who, who would say that it wouldn't evolve into newer type looking cars as time goes along or their appearance would change you know anyway go ahead and even in generation one uh season three when they jump into the 2000s a lot of the cars get updated looks like yeah. bumblebee or uh even though he wasn't around before yeah. um hot rod slash Ronimus certainly doesn't look like some car from 1984 he looks like you know what then was a future car yeah the only so the only their argument were... is invalidated by even the original series yeah the only cats that were holding it down with the old eight 1980s designs with jazz and wind charger and that was it you know they just want to be old school f it but well, it's, um it's funny that you say that because you know we'd be remiss if we couldn't we didn't at least talk about the uh first live action movie oh yes and the whole controversy of optimus prime not being the flat nose truck that he was in 1985 and well, have flames on the side and such it's like well <laughs> those trucks don't exist anymore here in the united states That's what i'm saying you know Michael Bay is ripping my childhood. If we think they're very good disguises, they stood out as being really old. Yeah, exactly. What is Prime? Would be considered a classic car. (laughs) Why does Prime look like Rhino from Mask? The audio drop out all of a sudden. So they turned into animals. That's that's the whole concept. It's to blend in with whatever is contemporary. Yeah. So I think it's just ridiculous this argument that people keep insisting on uh, '80s cars when you know. That's just the way it was because that was the setting. If the show was in the 1950s, they would have turned into 50s cars. Well, the, I think, too, is it's people, they, they feel like, um, 
I think at times when, when it comes to these things, they grew up with this stuff, and I, I think it's something of like they're rejecting the nostalgia glasses. Yeah, well, or yeah. if and if or if they agree that yeah, it was a hokey cartoon or something like that, then I'm rejecting my my childhood. Well, you're not. It's just you know when you're a ten year old kid and then you're you know a twenty five year old man, you're going to have different likes and look at things a little bit differently. It's like I enjoyed some of those old shows. I enjoyed Voltron when I was a kid, but looking back at it now and trying to watch it, I'm like, holy crap! What was I trying to do? Same thing yeah. with Transformers. Um, it's I enjoyed it when I was five, and yeah. now I'm on the verge of hitting thirty, and I watch it now, and it's like it's a really hokey show. There's some parts that are great, some parts that are really bad, but it doesn't um, retroactively diminish my enjoyment of it at the time when I was a child. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Those it's are the just, memories you have, and and you don't want to you don't want to you don't look back and think of yourself as you know you know an idiot for liking that stuff. I mean, it was appealing. It was it was a fun show to watch as as an eight year old, as a as a four year old, you know. And 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 it was it was simple. It was supposed to be simple. Look at the demographic they were trying to appeal to. It did its job. But going back and looking at it now, uh, aside from the the feelings that you had as a kid, I mean, other than that, it it makes you laugh more more often than not at the it's silliness silly, yeah. of, of of the of the of the craziness of the plot lines i, I will say whatever that whatever later- boondoggle play and megatron had cooked up <laughs> and you know and, and how what is it starscream would screw it up and you mm-hmm. know the autobots at the last minute would megatron would, was such a retard man he really was if you yeah. think about it he 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 was almost like a dirk dastardly type of character you know <laughs> just that kind of that parody of a you know if he had a mustache he'd be twirling it around uh, like wait till the autobots figure with this the how best, do you think of that prime the, the best megatron- what's funny is mm-hmm. uh what's funny is you know that that hatred still extends to new things, and I'm sure Peter would agree with me. Um, having recently watched Animated, wasn't that a great show? Yeah, that was that's awesome, especially that Megatron. That Megatron was just wow. Like that's who an evil leader should be. Yeah, it's like he's yeah. just a head in a lab, and he's still screwing around with everybody. Wow. Yeah, the Megatron in Animated is probably the best Megatron there ever has been. But so many people um, attack that show and ridicule it and refuse to watch it just because of the uh, character designs. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I was, and again, I've, seen, I was, a, I've um, seen a good portion of it, and not only with the the Megatron, but the the part I liked was the fact of how the Autobots treated Optimus at the beginning. It's like, oh yeah, that's why right. should we follow you? You know, you're, you know, you're, you're sitting here trying to tell us what to do. We've done our things. We've you know, we've been able to do what we do for the longest time and, and gotten away with it. Why should we have to follow you? You know, who do you? Megatron think you didn't are? even learn Optimus, Optimus's name until the last episode. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's it's cool. like you're you're a punk. You're you're just some chump. You know, dang. And the fact. Well, that he deals with Starscream as a traitor very early on. Yeah. So it's like if you have some guy who's always trying to betray you, why do you let him live? <laughs> or, or, or like what they did in Generation One, Starscream was always kind of the the linchpin for the plan to work, you know. And it's like he he would always end up betraying him at the end, and it was like, oh, more, you know, Megatron be like, one of these days, Optimus, I'll get you, and Starscream, come with me. You're yeah. in the you're in the principal's office. Hell, I'm gonna give to you me- a tongue lashing for, you know. To me, the standout Megatron is um, that I've seen is the one from the movie because you know he finally got the job done, and then of course um, <laughs> he ends up getting the upgrade, and he takes out Starscream, and he does all the things you've been waiting for him to do. Oh, you mean you mean the animated movie? Yeah, the okay, animated yeah. movie. Oh, not yet. Yeah, yeah, clarify not, that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, 1986. The, the, the haters, kids, for those who were born after the, that. The hatred people when they hear this, the hatred will start <laughs> boiling even more. So. Although Optimus wasn't in it long enough, but um, why is Agent Smith Mike Megatron? <laughs> we want Frank Welcome. <laughs> but um, yeah. If anything, um, that's that's the Megatron that 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 makes me not sleep at night. 
Well, any other any other thoughts of uh, the silly uh, Transformers debate? I would say, as, from one, as one generation fan to the other, um, just shut up. Uh, and I guess the the next one we'll kind of delve into is people probably a little less on the aspect of like uh, the AC versus UC type of um, discussion with Gundam, but this would be more of uh, older Macross versus newer Macross, uh, not Robotech. So let's preference that we're not getting into that whole that whole can of worms. But um, there is um, you know there there is kind of a talk between old older Macross and newer Macross, and I know Chris is had to de- deal with a lot of times so some of your thoughts of the uh you know or observations of the fanboys dealing with uh old and new macross you know it's like a long-running franchise you're always going to have diehards who like the old stuff and hate the new stuff and vice versa you're going to have people who get in with the new stuff and reject the old stuff obviously i was a fan of of seven obviously, i was the first time i saw it 10 years ago obviously, and i was that's something that i regret because my viewpoint was very narrow then but you know, i've come to repent my ways and uh, obviously, i was embrace it for what it is and, and what it isn't obviously, i was but um, there's lots of people who like the original Sweet, show and they don't like anything else other than that. There's lots Sweet, of people who like Seven and don't like the original series Sweet, or Frontier. And there's lots of people who like Sweet, I was Frontier and none of the old Sweet, stuff. I was, and even a very small subset of Sweet, people was, who like Plus and don't like anything Sweet, else. I was, so it's just the factionalization Sweet, was, that happens when you've got a franchise spread across Sweet, multiple decades. And I always think I'm a little bit more forgiving when it comes to the Macross one, because in a lot of ways, a lot of the different stories are different. You know, it's they they just are that they're different. Yeah, they have the Valkyries and stuff in them. But I understand why there's some people that just like Macross Plus and not any of the other Macrosses and, you know, or the first one or whatever. So, um, you know, I, I don't I don't think that I don't really have that much you know, well, trouble with it either way when it comes to that. The only thing that I, I hate is, you know, the obvious thing when it comes to Macross. But I, I guess like Gundam, you can you can pick and choose what you choose to like. I just don't get the whole thing about esta- establishing your dominance on um on what you think is good and what you think is crap when you can just state your opinion and exchange your, you know, have an exchange of, uh, you know, opinion on, on what makes one series good and what makes one series bad. I, you know, I, I guess that's the whole thing with the internet today is people just like to, to to make these emblazoned statements and then and watch the reactions fall into place because well, there's no so, consequences. You yeah. can you there's, can you can say you can say a comment in cyberspace and walk away, yeah. and not have to deal with it. I like to see some. I like to, I like to get in a conversation with some of these idiots and <laughs> find out what makes them tick because I don't think they could win an argument. Well, there you are. You're you're, you're doing a thing saying they're idiots. Uh, uh, they may not be idiots. Maybe not. But I mean, when when you when you like, so you're being the person seri- you're you're complaining about. Oh no, you twisting this now. You twisting this now. What we're talking? Oh, <laughs> hold on. Oh my gosh. Hold on. For the most part, when you're just talking about a, a part of a franchise, this is my opinion, man. You franchise. can't change it. Generation one forever. I was like, well, I mean, they, I, all I know is they probably couldn't win an argument with any of us. You know, they're just going to come off sounding like just uneducated yeah, because they'll turn jerks. off their mic like Bill O'Reilly. Hey. You know what? That, that give me, give me, give me a few seconds of that. Huh? Can't speak, can you? Can't hear you. Hey, uh, you're in the no. 
Hey, hey. That's how I combat it. Turn off your mic. Get him out of here. Yeah. I like him. You fucking dirty Democrats. Why hate on UC and, and like one faction of the AU um, when you can, you know, expand and... Why and, you can hate on Generation 1. Or Generation <laughs> 1. You know, it's, it's all parts of the same story. You just have to just be open to it. You don't have to like one more than the other. I mean, you don't have to but like... they're the bad you, parts, you man. You can like one more than the other, but I mean... Original Macross is the worst part of the whole Macross saga. <laughs> the, the point is, why hate on a part of one franchise when you can all team up and hate on an entirely different franchise together? Right? Exactly. <laughs> Let's turn our hate around. But I don't know, Chris... Chris or, um, or Peter, any any thoughts on... Any other thoughts on the um, uh, whole Macross thing? Um, no. Yeah. I've not really been exposed to the Macross wars that much. But I remember seeing when Frontier was started and airing with people complaining about how it was just a fan wink for the older fans. Like how everything was mirroring what happened, what happened in the first first Macross and the first episodes of Frontier there. Mm-hmm. Like camera angles and stuff there. I remember people complaining about that. The camera angles? Like, oh my god, that is getting oh, way... Like, no, I'm just saying, that's... I'm talking about them. That's getting way petty. Like... You know, it's Not just, what, what they were talking about is like how it was the same pose of Volvo uh, and his Valkyrie compared when Hikaru did it with his Valkyrie in the first episode. Uh, They're just copying and pasting whatever. And then, of course, you always have the flip side where people are like, oh, this isn't enough like the original, stuff like that. So. And then there's even a, a subset of complaints, and you probably might have seen this too, Peter, of there's too much fan service in this show. What's with all this yeah. fan service? And it's like, guys, lay down on, lay off on, on the, uh, the puritanicalness. And that, that, that <laughs> we're also... Not talking about, we're not talking about freaking Queensblade here. And that, that also relates a little bit to some of the newer uh, AU Gundams, uh, especially, uh, I remember people saying that about Double O. Um, and, you know, of course, C2. There's all this fan service with boobs jiggling and girls in bikinis and stuff. And right on. It's just like, you know, why? where else would you be in do- if you're in the Double O universe? Where else would better place to hide the uh, the inner workings of doing of conducting a, a large scale terrorist uh, operation than on a boat with a bunch of bikini babes? I mean, no one would think that those girls were actually uh, heading the uh, large scale terrorist organization or operation. To right on. So there you go. I like your thought process. Yeah, but I think people overreact too much to the fan thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, too, too many damn uh, uptight Puritans. Yeah. Who don't know what fan service really is. Welcome to America. Well, I think um, uh, to conclude, we'll we'll jump into uh, two versions of fanboyism in Western, you know, more Western culture, but uh, not the obvious way between the two franchises, but probably more so between um, within, just like we have with, um, you know, previous things we were talking about, old and new, and the first one would be like, the uh, Star Wars old versus new prequels. Oh no! Or you have people that love the old prequels and think everything is after the newer ones are crap, and um, you know, and vice versa. People thinking of um, you know all the new ones are great and the old ones are just old hokey uh, movies. So, uh, which is real funny because uh, I saw George Lucas on the Daily Show not too long ago, and he was talking to John Stewart about uh, how people, how generations perceive um, both Star Wars series. Like, um, he, of course, the older generation had you know saw it in the 70s when it first came out or those who grow, grew up in the 80s who got exposed to it you know they love the the uh the original trilogy and you know they look at the prequels as crap and he went on to say that there's a a new younger contingent of children 
are our younger people who love the prequels and think the original trilogy looked like garbage and that um it can't it can't it can't match the the awesomeness of the uh, of the prequels with all the action and whatnot and I don't know. Um, I guess uh, I don't want to. I, I won't. I won't insult anybody who likes the prequels because then I'll, I'll be a hypocrite. But I don't know. It just the prequels don't speak to me as well as uh, as the as the original ones. I mean, I I can look at the prequels and look at them as a technological, you know, marvel. But you know, when it comes to when it comes to soul, a story writing, marvel, yeah, they sto- are not story writing <laughs> and how the characters are presented and the acting. Just the 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 original ones have it beat. And um, I'll, I'll pass it on to uh, the rest of our panel but go ahead i would say uh and you know for me i think the prequels are horrible (laughs) but the issue is not the fact that they're prequels or that they Mm -hmm. were made now versus you know back in the 70s or 80s it's just they're just bad regardless of when they would have been made certainly they they have no cohesiveness with anything The, the special effects are so artificial because you know when he gets when lucas gets to the point with his fetish of having cg sets for everything you know everything just looks cheap flat yeah the special effects um are overdone. They look like a joke compared to the stuff you see these days. I mean, I can only imagine what was running through George Lucas's head when he saw Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, believe me. That, oh. I'm sure well, he must have just been like, damn. Yeah, I, everything's going to get remade. Another idea for like lackluster, lackluster trilogy, I suppose. <laughs> I got I got one up by this, this punk camera, and I'll show him what's what. Ooh. Ooh. But, you know, the, the, the prequels, they're just bad. I mean, George Lucas... Um, you know the skills he had are are far gone. He's a stale director. He's a stale writer. He does, he's, he's just he doesn't have the same people working for him like he used to. The people who you would check him, you know, when when he when things would get out of hand, uh, or his his whole his his ideas would get out of hand. Someone to bring him back down to reality, even though he's he's presenting a a, a far out science fiction type world. You know, he always had great no people around him. There's no one who can say no to him because he's yeah. the boss who calls all the shots and pays the the bills. So no one can say no to him. So whatever crazy idea he gets, Jar Jar Binks, everyone has to <laughs> agree with him and say, oh yeah, I think that's great. So I think people who watch the prequels as their first exposure and like the and don't like the old movies, it's this ageism that bothers me in any franchise of why is something bad just because it's old? Yeah. Well, you know, because, you know, right now if they're young at this age, they think that the prequel trilogies are prequel trilogy is so great and the old trilogy is garbage. 20 years from now when they're our ages, you know, these young punks are going to say, "Oh, well, you know, this franchise is so awesome and those star wars prequels are garbage and then they're gonna be scratching their heads just like we are man looks like chris is talking about somebody we know (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm just kidding so i don't get you know why does why is why is it age indicative of quality i mean Um, yeah there's a lot of stuff you can do with cg these days that you couldn't do with models there's a lot of stuff that you could do with models that cg just can't get right these days so mm -hmm. you know texture and depth and texture one of them yeah for me, quality is quality regardless of how old something is. Because hell, you know, I watch lots and lots of old black and white noir movies. Right. Yeah. You know, they got, they've got, um, you know, poor picture quality. They're not filmed in widescreen because they didn't exist yet. You know, some of the sets can be pretty cheap, obvious Hollywood backlots. Some of the actors can be, um, you know, overacting. <laughs> overacting. But they're still great movies, and they shouldn't be ignored just because they're old. I mean, just because of the fact that they're black and white and not color doesn't mean they're garbage. So, you know, for me, quality and age are two entirely different things. Um, to add some, to put some insight into that, your question there. Um, for me personally, I can't watch an, any anime like that's older than the 70s. 
it's not because I think they're bad or whatever. It's just like the animation quality and like the sound quality kind of makes it a bit harder to watch. It's just that like when I'm trying to watch like the original Brave Riding here sometimes, it's just I'm kind of find myself not being able to sit through all 20 minutes. Yeah, but is that is that because maybe that story's not that good or? I mean, I, I, I see I see what Chris is saying because one of the big things that you always have with this is, you know, low budget. It's I, I find it funny in like mainstream things. People have a problem with something being a little looking a little hokey or something like that, but it tells a good story. But then you have like this whole sub subset of like people that love like horror movies. Some of the most enjoyable ones that people like are the hokiest looking ones they are. You know, they have the bad fake blood and the bad, you know, decapitation and, and the silliness of them. So but but they enjoy the story or they enjoy something about it i don't see why that doesn't go when it comes the to anime thing. i can agree with peter to an extent because yeah. uh, even watching something like the old first season of yamato which is from 1975 is hard it's hard to watch sometimes because the animation is just so stiff and ancient and mind you i've seen the original gundam which is only four years difference plenty of times and it's a world of difference yeah it is just those four years and i have no problem sitting down and watching uh, the original Gundam series, but watching stuff from like the mid seventies or even earlier, just with anime, can be kind of hard sometimes, just because it's so stiff and cheap. Oh yeah, it almost sometimes doesn't mean I guess... that I ignore it, but it, it does when it anime is a little bit of a different medium, and it's it's a little harder to stomach that. Yeah, I guess it takes you out of it a little bit, but um, I I I, I guess I have a high tolerance for 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 older anime i kind of love watching it because it's a it's a snapshot of its day and um it's a completely different animal when you look at how the stories are written and how the characters are presented and whatnot it's just a completely different animal and that, that kind of that kind of um um excites me and and, and interests me i know that um how much big... does it excite you <laughs> a lot but um the one thing i have a problem with is when people um they don't want to see um, an anime because it's only in Japanese, or um, you know, they just wait for that, you know, for a dub or something like that, or, or even vice versa, or right. vice versa, or or foreign films. Um, people won't want to watch the original version of um, The Departed, which is uh, I forget it's something Infernal affair. Affairs, Infernal Affairs, because oh, it's got a bunch of it's got a bunch of um, Chinese people in it, and they're speaking Chinese, and you know, I'll just stick with. If I want to read, I'll go read a book. Which yeah, people who say that don't read books anyway. So exactly, and, right. and that's probably the oldest, the oldest um, schism when it comes to um, watching foreign films versus um, American films. Some people just don't want to read subtitles, and it's like get over yourself. You know, these are good movies. Well, you should check them out. That I can like. I I know people who are like that. Like they have nothing against reading subtitles, but they just personally don't. They want to hear something in their own language that they can understand. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not like people who say that are all like. But a lot of them do. Well, I can understand not going to the theater and seeing it because you can't pause it. If you're not that quick on reading, you can't pause it or rewind, which I can understand if you're not used to watching subtitles. But with the medium of DVD and Blu-ray and even videotapes, you know, you can you can go back and watch a whole lot of the, a whole lot of good movies that you might have missed because of because of that fact. Well, back to the thing though, I think one of the the things that really baffles me more than anything when it comes to any of these fanboy wars is mm-hmm. the fact that at least with Star Wars, you're talking one continuous piece of history where it's all in some ways even the same players are in three of this you know in all the movies right or or, or par- good portions of the movies so it's like i can somewhat understand people having the fanboyism when it comes to ac or uc or you know transform generation one or whatever it might be but i mean star wars is weird because you're talking all the events supposedly that were in that happened in the first 
the prequel movies mm -hmm. are what influenced you know the original set of movies so it's like that i, I never understood why there was such a more you know, uh, a schism between, you know, that I understand when it comes to like the acting and the directing and the story writing. Yeah, that's those are definite things to really complain about. But right on. I don't know. But uh, anything else on Star Wars before we hit our last um, last one here? Oh, man. Chris, Peter, uh, anything? George um, Lucas, stop screwing up the original movies by putting in more special effects <laughs> and people from the prequels. Oh, wait till you see uh, the, the original trilogy avatarized. Oh. <laughs> you know that's going to happen. I guess the only thing I can say on Star Wars is that I like both. He, he, how, how, much, how much do you think he, he sent as a down payment to get that camera from, uh, from James Cameron? <laughs> It's like a it's like a bidding war on eBay between those two. He sent secret assassins. <laughs> too, bad, too bad he won't have camera to actually operate it. <laughs> okay, and the last one that we'll talk about, and um, this this is another one within uh, the Western culture, and it's within Star Trek, mm -hmm. and that would be more so like uh, the wars between the true captain and the bald captain, oh, i.e., Kirk <laughs> versus Picard. So. Soul bro, your thoughts on that? Hey man, you know you you know you know that Earl Grey drinking, big pimping, um, ball headed captain is is the best captain. That's that's my man, um, John Luke Picard, man, the the English Frenchman. <laughs> Whatever, Cisco would beat them all up. In, oh, before breakfast. there you go. He's had go. more movies made about him. <laughs> you know, Kirk was too busy. Um, so, uh, who had such an awesome history? They had to change history again to uh, give him new adventures. All I know. <laughs> All I know is that Picard doesn't have a, a whole subject, a whole subsect of fandom of slash fiction pairing him up with his first mate. <laughs> not or yet. So you think? Oh, I hope not. Oh my God, Kirk slash Spock. Should, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't I'm, go with that. I wouldn't I'm, go with that bull prophecy I, there. I'm, I'm just going to pass on that. That uh, I don't know. If that's kind the of, um, line of argument. Of, Peter could probably tell us that if if it's fanfic, it could happen. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's like 34. No, somebody has written it. You mean somebody has written Picard Riker's? <laughs> so Picard Riker slash Vicar slash trash fiction on a on a lonely planet. With God. no way to contact the Enterprise. That's soon you. they give in. You have always been my number one, number one. My heart just sunk. Not called first mates for nothing. Oh, <laughs> number one. <laughs> number one, make it so. Number one, can I hit you? Can I? Can I hit it where the number two comes out of you? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> as long as I can rub your head, Captain, when you do it. Yeah, so I wouldn't go with that line of 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 thought, Solbro. But please, <laughs> uh, other other than and that, remember, folks, his his email is sbrmhq at gmail dot com. If you find any um, any examples of uh, Picard uh, number one uh, loving fanfic, and uh, make sure you copy uh, both myself and and Chris on that because we want to laugh too. Please see them both. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Blind CC us. But, but um, other than that, um, I, I always favored the, the the next generation. Not that I have anything against the original series. I have a huge love and 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 respect and fond. I have a lot of fondness for the original series, which um, I watched uh in between seasons of uh the next generation just to get a little bit of backstory on anything that might come up in the next gen. And well, Star I, Trek's like Gilligan's Island. It's, uh -huh. it's always on somewhere. <laughs> I kind of I kind of fell off during the um the Brandon Braga and um Rick Berman era. You know when they when they took uh, 
uh, Deep Space Nine and, and Voyager on. I, I really don't have anything against those shows, and maybe one day I'll sit down and watch them all. But um, I can't really think of a lot of strong fandom from that era, just mainly between um, the next <laughs> sure, gen. Sure, Chris can. <laughs> <laughs> just mainly between next gen and original series, and people like trying to trying to say one's better than the other. I think they're both great shows. But um, Chris and, 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 and Peter, what, what were your guys' thoughts? Um, I don't have much that because I've only seen the random episode of the original Star Trek. There you go. And Good job. bits and pieces of the new movie that's better. Good job. Well, when it comes to Trek, it's kind of like you got multiple things going on, kind of like with uh, Gundam, because you've got people who only like the original series. Yeah. You've got people who only like things created by Gene Roddenberry, so that's just original and next gen. Oh, man. You've got people who only like next gen, people who like the movies, people who like one of the other shows. Um, and there's just a lot of people who have strong beliefs based off of ignorance that aren't willing to give something else a try. For example, DS9, when it came out, was so controversial because it was about a space state, space station, mm-hmm. no trekking about in a spaceship, there. no trekking in there, and you know one of the common like retarded refrains I would always hear is, hey, "If you want to watch somebody speak this, you know, go watch Babylon 5. Oh, and people would just crap on this show to no end, saying that it was a show about nothing, never went anywhere, it was boring, blah, 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 blah. And then finally, years after it's been gone off the air, people are starting to watch it again and really starting to finally recognize what a great show it was, and it really yeah. is a classic. Sounds like the G Gundam syndrome. Uh. <laughs> sort of, because you know, when it comes to Trek, there's always going to be a subset of people who, if it's not about the Starship Enterprise, it's a piece of crap. Yeah. Or if it's not about the Starship Enterprise commanded by Captain Kirk, it's a piece of crap. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you just have the people who are so set in their way since this franchise has been running over 40 years that um, they just can't bring themselves to uh, look at something else from a different perspective and say, hey, this isn't the same as, you know, the rest of the formula, but doesn't mean that it's bad. Yeah. Hey, there's some people here in this group that love Enterprise. I'm looking at you, Neo. Why? <laughs> I don't have any other basis of it, and like when uh, when Chris was talking about how it kind of it kind of made me sad because I, I did enjoy that show, but I never watched uh, Voyager or Deep Space Nine or anything, and I never really watched even Next Generation. But when Chris was telling me like like all these stories were getting recycled, it kind of made me not think of that f- series as fondly anymore because oh. I enjoy watching it when it when it was out because I thought it was a cool concept, and I also like Captain Sam Peckett, and um, <laughs> you know it, it was it was kind of nice, but. I didn't realize that half the stories were, you know, just recycled things of like, oh, this was the first time based on this, but oh, now it really is the first time, or, you know, we're just going to do this same old story again. And there are some good parts of it. I mean, that that one, you know, that whole thing when they have to go find the aliens that blew up Earth, that was kind of cool. But, or not blow it up, but they attacked it. But, um, yeah, start. In terms of, uh, I, I just joke because I'd never watched Star Trek The Next Generation, but every time I saw it looked like a Star, uh, you know, Space Cruiser, uh, the Ener- Space Cruiser Enterprise, and we'll be leading, and don't forget, we'll be having a Limbo on the Lido deck at three, and, uh, Captain Stupid Captain's, in Space. Captain's Dinner, you know, come, make, make sure you, you, it's black tie only for the Captain's Dinner tonight, and, um, you know, I liked the original one because you had, um, well, you, you have, the, the best over actor of his time. That's right. William Shatner. Hell yeah, man. And uh, a hard man who likes his women rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, I I, I can again once it, it almost does seem like uh, once again talking about this, we, we've we've spoken about it before where these parallels of Gundam to to art, you know, kind of like the Star Trek of Japan. It's kind of the same way where it seems like at least with um, 
with Star Trek, they, you know, they tried different things and, you know, they, even though all that stuff was in the same continuity, there was different stories like Deep Space Nine, no trekking, black captain in a spaceship, you know, stuff like that. You know, even though everybody's equal, it was like a big, big surprise that there's like a lady captain or a black captain or something like that, you know, so, um, you know, but, you know, it's just one of those things. But any, any final thoughts before we uh, move on and uh, close out this segment? Nope. So, bro. I'm good. Peter. Uh, Roger. Nothing. <laughs> um. Okay. Yep, sorry. Hold on. I got some. Um. Even though we're talking about all the bad fans and whatever, it's just nice to remember that there are people who just like everything. I mean. Right. In fact, my 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 aunt. She's huge on Star Trek. She likes everything. She's got figures all over her house. She's oh. got this whole big corner all dedicated to her, her Star Trek merchandise. So there are definitely fans out there that like everything and they want to talk about it. But unfortunately in online communities you got whenever you try to have like an intelligent discussion about something, somebody's gonna come in and start whining and then somebody's gonna reply to them and then everybody's gonna start whining complaining about something and it, that's pretty much all the discussion of the show comes to like Excuse an example that I'm sure you guys will roll your eyes at, but in regards to um, the NanoHot fandom, pretty much, if you even make any slight insinuation that NanoHot and Fate aren't lesbians, everybody will attack you. Well, wow, and, and that's a pretty that's a pretty dangerous that's a pretty dangerous fanboy war, isn't it? A lot of violence happens when the when the two warring clans of Nanohoff fans get together in a in the same uh, same room. There, Moe battle. Yeah, it's on. <laughs> Who looks the poutiest? The pouty pouty looks are shot between each other. It's a good point because, unfortunately, with a lot of fandoms. Um, it's un- it's uh, the people who scream the loudest who get heard the most. Yeah, all I know. Rather who's- than the sense. All I know who's going to win: Team Jacob or Team Edward. That's what's up. You, you didn't. You didn't even need to go there. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Why'd you go and do that for me? Yeah. Why? Why'd you go and say? Why do I have? A, why do I have a sudden feeling to go to Hot Topic and buy something? Man, I had to go poop on the whole segment. Oh. Way to go. Well, yeah, anything I'm else? I have to go slip my wrists now in in the bathtub. Yeah. Can't wait to read a, a 1600 page book and forty two font size font, nice. <laughs> triple spaced. But uh, anything else, Peter? Uh, you, you, you could say no if. <laughs> okay. Just the same that some ruin it for everybody. That's yeah. I, 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 I truth of life. I I think that that's part of it, and the biggest thing is the the, the thing with um uh the internet has given people more of a basis to be more vocal about things, and you know for uh, too vocal. Yeah, too vocal, and 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 really get too heated about things that really in the in the uh, grand scheme of things is not very that important. So. Especially on anonymous boards like board yeah. game, where it, you could be arguing with the same person instead of like a group of people you think you might be arguing, but it's just one person saying the same thing over. Or on or on Mecha Talk, where that bastard Chris will go in and say "wing is crap." Whoa. So you know, <laughs> listen to what I say about what <laughs> Only only Zeta Gundam matters. <laughs> But um, all right. Well, that was our look at some of the uh, the fanboy wars between some franchises. I'm sure in, in future segments we'll probably delve into this, in uh, some other things too, because um, the you know at, at, as funny as fanboys are, they are pretty unpredictable and get really heated about stupid things. So we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely be there, and I'm sure if, if need be, the old Straight Talk Express will make an ex- a return one of these days. So hell yeah. But 
Well, that's the segment about the Fanboy Awards within uh, a lot of uh, beloved franchises. And you're listening to Gundam at MHG. Just got to keep on trucking. Yes, sir. I'm going to go outside and make myself a nice, big, shiny first place medal. Sit in the sun and have a stupendous friggin' day. Gundam it. Well, all right, you're messy. Would you make me a medal, too? This episode of Gundam is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Right now, they're offering special discounts to our listeners. Just simply go to GoDaddy.com and use the code GUN8 for 10% off any order not already discounted. Gun 9 for $5 off purchases that are $30 or more on any items not already discounted. Dot com domain names are as low as $7.49 if you use the code GUN10. And last but not least, code 20H1 for 20% off hosting plans. For more information, you can go to Gundam.net and click on the GoDaddy link in the Sponsors and Special Offers section. Don't wait too long. The domain name you've always wanted might be claimed by someone else before you know it. Register with GoDaddy.com today. Here's to being dead. You're taking this extremely well. Taking what extremely well? That I'm here. I don't give a goddamn if you're dead. Or time traveling or the ghost of Christmas past. All I care about is this whiskey. So bottoms up. Get the hell out of my house. This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. And um, for the first of our two topics today, we're going to be um, hitting up something that we've done in the past. A while back, we had a three-part series about things we could change in Gundam if we had the opportunity. And this time, we're going to do it with Macross. But given that there's a lot less Macross than Gundam, It'll just be one segment for the whole thing rather than three. And for this segment, we're joined by a special guest, our very own uh, Pedal Bear North, a.k.a. Peter. The original Pedal Bear. The original Pedal Bear. You there. So um, just like uh, the Gundam segments, we'll kick it off. We're going to be going in, uh, in order, so we'll start with the original series. So um, I'll kick it uh, to Adam first. Uh, for the original series, not Daryl, what uh, what are some things, if you could change a couple of things about the original series, what would they be? Well, the things I would change in Super Dimension Fortress Macross, um, the first thing would be that I would like the series to be, or to have run its original intended length. Um, I guess, weren't they it, uh, originally planning on it to run... Um, 52 episodes are, you know, longer than the initial 26? It was initially uh, about 50 episodes, but then it got cut down because they didn't know, the sponsors didn't know if the show would do well, and then uh, the show did very well, so then they wanted to bump it back up, but um, this was well under production when a lot of stuff was already done, so Mm -hmm. it was kind kind of a complicated situation and not something that you usually see in uh, anime shows where they get cut down and then get extended 
again after, after the fact during production. Who knows how the series would have turned out if it did run its its full intended length? But I I still think it ran a good number of episodes in the in the end. It's just that some of the um, story ideas that they um, had that they had to cut short were were due to the fact that the series was so was was so short compared to um, other anime series of the day. Uh, the other the other um, changes actually kind of relate to the the length of the series being a little longer. Like uh, Max and Milia's uh, arc, I I wish would have been longer. Being that their romance in the series is very whirlwind and abrupt. If you think? <laughs> stab, stab, stab. Hey, marry me. Yeah. <laughs> with, poor, with poor animation. The whole, I mean, it was so rushed, the animation was trash. Don't even mention that episode. That is Woo. one of the most hideous animated episodes of anything I've ever seen. Anime friend, I'm looking at you. Anime friend, I'm spitting at you. There you go. Even but, uh, though you probably don't exist anymore. <laughs> the other two I have are, if the series had run longer, maybe some of the um, more interesting secondary characters might have been expanded upon. And um, this is just a personal favorite. Uh, a, well, a personal, my man, Kakazaki. My man, Kakazaki. Yeah. <laughs> wiped out like he was a skid mark, man. Damn. <laughs> he should have hit that throttle. He Don't you it. go anywhere, you steak. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Kakazaki, here's the UN Spacey flag, along with a half-eaten porterhouse. Yeah, it's like, uh, we don't have your son's body, but we do have this porterhouse. Yeah. <laughs> you could clone him from you the could, DNA. You can cremate it or finish eating it. It's up yeah. to you. <laughs> Thought of potato Do it game. in his honor. Last but not least, um, I like it to have the. This is just this is just a what if, but I like uh, it to have. That's the, the look, idea of the segment. No what kidding. If. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for missing the point of the segment, Soul Bro. <laughs> I, as I always do. <laughs> I'd like it to have the look and the mature tone and feel of Daryl, and um, that's pretty much mine. Okay, uh, next, uh, Peter. If you could change like two or three things of the original uh, Macross TV series, what would they be? Uh, I'll have to pass since I haven't actually seen it. Oh, oh fail. Fail. <laughs> tisk, tisk, tisk. Well, then one of the things you'll change is having seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I changed that. But. Uh, Neo. Of course. Make it more like Robotech. I wish the Valkyries were Veritex. Protoculture, man. Yeah, protoculture was everything. It's all about stage fright, man. Stage fright. <laughs> Go away. Stage fright. Come on. That's it's the best song ever. That's way better than than you know anything. Yeah. This is my big day. <laughs> well, of course, maybe have Roy last a little bit longer uh, than how he did. I would agree on the whole thing with Maximilia. Yeah, it would be nice to see better than just stab, stab, stab. I love you. Let's get married. The other thing I would like, too, is if we had more of a transition between the last battle and the whole after war arc, uh, you know, maybe just like an episode or two or really kind of going a little bit more of how they kind of dug out of everything. And um, I, I was kind of scratching my head trying to find out things I would I would want to change outside of like the obvious, like some of those horribly, horribly animated episodes. But, um, you know, I, I, there's not too much in there, because I, if I think I if you changed too much i think it it might have lost uh the, the way the story was and what made um matt cross so special in the beginning so but you know a little bit more expansion on the the the, the inner war arc and um you know some stuff with uh, maximilia and and maybe even a little bit more of um the background between claudia and roy uh that would have been kind of nice to see but you know and kakazaki maybe dying twice <laughs> Maybe, maybe he's like um, he's he's like uh, he's a, he's like what is it the Carmine brothers in uh, Gears of War? It, it's there's like eight of them. So as long as they do eight shows, they'll always die, and each each uh, each 
each uh, each game. But um, yeah, it's pretty much it there. Okay. Change everything because Macra sucks. It's the worst Gundam since Orgus. <laughs> or the Cyclones. <laughs> Where's the Veritex? <laughs> no, uh, the first thing that immediately jumps to my mind is get Anime Friend the hell away from that series. Yeah. And, uh, you know, give it good quality, consistent animation because there's episodes, you know, the ones that are done by Studio New, you can tell those look really nice. And, you know, it's a shame that their next show, Orgus, had pretty consistent animation, but Macross, like, sometimes from week to week, it's like, oh, look, here's some other studio. Oh, look, now the characters don't look anything like what they're normally supposed to. It's like, you look at these anime friend designs, and they barely resemble the character designs by Mikimoto. I mean, they're just so off-model, it's not even funny. <laughs> that, that the Maximilia one, it's just... In particular, episode 25. God, that's just terrible. If the series could be a few episodes longer, you know, it would have been nice to see some things move along at the pace that would have been originally intended, like the Max and Maria storyline, rather than it all being compressed into one episode because they were an essential part of ending the war. Yeah. Right. Um, With the baby also, that saved the universe. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, as great as the last battle of the war was a lot of stuff to go into one episode yeah. and given that this is like you know one of the big climaxes of the series and initially this that was supposed to be the last episode it probably should have been more than one episode that's true you know a battle that big and that scale probably should have been like two episodes at least at least an episode and a half like started up you know yeah something like that and also in the uh, the post-war arc you know there's nothing wrong with that arc uh the only thing is that when you get to the last episode uh there's people that you see barely any of yeah. You know, you, hard, you see Max and Maria for all of, like, two or three seconds during the last fight there with, uh, with Kamujin, and you don't see Britai and uh, Exodor for the last few episodes before that, so they're just gone. You don't see them at all anymore, Jeez. and it would have been nice to see them, and uh, would have been nice to see the rest of the bridge crew at the end, since in Macross they did all survive, yeah. right. unlike Robotech, which killed them all off except for Misa. So make the ending, uh, you know, a little bit uh, more inclusive of people. Maybe the end, the ending should have been a, a two-part episode with uh, with Kamujin's plan to uh, screw everything up. So moving on, uh, next is Daryl. So uh, we'll go with Peter first. I've actually seen this one, and I can't really think of anything I would change. Like, do you re- remember Love? It's kind of when I watched it, I was like, whoa, this is like amazing. I wouldn't call it like perfect, but any, like, little bits I can't really think of nitpick on. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're happy as is. Yeah. Okay. So, bro. Well, I, honestly, I, I'd, I'd like it to be longer than the convinced film that they gave us. I'm all about long, I'm all about extended stuff, but um, I, I'd like to see more of that interpretation of Macross. Um, if they could have taken the events of the movie and, and kind of expanded upon it to make two movies, I think that would have been cool, but then again, if that happened, I'd probably been asking for three movies, so who knows. Uh, well, <laughs> try to limit your ambitions here a little bit. We're, we're, we're talking about what you know, leaving it as movies since that's what it is. So. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, that would be one of the things I would change if, if possible, but um, um, uh, I would like to have uh, more backstory to uh, Hikaru and the events on the Macro- on Macross Island before the attack in Exodus. Another thing I'd like is, um, of course, more Max and Milia and a little bit of an epilogue afterwards. Those are the things I'd like to see changed for that movie. Neo, what would you like to see? Um, mine is just, uh, just at the beginning, like you said. Um, I think we even st- talked about it when we did the roundup on Do You Remember Love? Just more of... Um, 
more of it's like a, a a few like maybe five or ten minutes of just getting us caught up to the point we're at. Yeah. Um, one of those things that you know it, you can still kind of watch it if you really haven't seen Macross, but it, it would have just kind of brought you up to speed a little bit more so for uh, those folks that hadn't seen the original series. Uh, other than that, yeah, I guess you could say you could always delve in more into some of the other relationships and stuff. But you can always say that about anything, even if you had, um, you know, even if you had like a hundred episodes to do it, would that still be enough for some people? So, but um, definitely, definitely a little speed up there at the beginning, just kind of. Oh, by the way, this all happened. Here we go. This is the point we're at. So, and actually, they should have given. Oh, the only other thing too is they should have done like a grand state funeral. Kind of like the Garen Zabi funeral for Roy. <laughs> big, big portrait with cannons. <laughs> now his tombstone, it should say, "You can still fight while you're drunk." And it just said, uh, "Yeah," and it's got the old, it's got the old, uh, it's got the Jack Daniels old number seven nice. logo on it. Wow, is 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 that all, Neo? Pretty much. You know he was sponsored by them. Echoing everyone else, uh, I would say that you know, like a two or three minute opening scene yeah. would have been uh, a good addition because it just dumps you in the middle of the story and assumes that you're already familiar with it, and you know that can be a turnoff for some people who have never seen Macross. It would have helped to know, like, why is this battleship, you know, in the middle of nowhere, being chased by these giant aliens, and why do they have all these civilians on a warship, and why are they trying to get back to Earth? You know, those are things that, of course, you know if you've seen the show, but they could have been explained in, in sort of like a little quick opening montage. Um, you know, for the end of the movie, uh, I think the ending was good. You know, the original yeah. intended ending was supposed to be uh, the footage that makes up Flashback 2012, which some of it did get added into uh, later DVD releases. So kind of the same thing anyway. So my only uh, major thing would be just expound on the opening a little bit and fill in some of that backstory for the movie version of how the heck they got to... Uh, where uh, where they are. Also, for me, uh, one thing I forgot for the TV show, definitely I would agree with um, Adam. It would have been nice if um, the TV show could have had the same design aesthetic as Daryl, given yeah. that the rest of the universe ended up following the Daryl design scheme anyway. Yeah, those just cool for, ass uniforms they had. Yeah, just for consistency's sake, if anything. Yeah. Well, then again, then again, um, well, hold on, though. Um, I remember Macross 7 when uh, we did see Miller... Um, Dressing her flight suit, it was based on the original style of the, her flight suit, compared to uh, compared to the Dural ones. But I, I I can I can definitely recall on the other Macro series following the the kind of Dural aesthetic. So it's been a I guess when it comes to Milia and um, Macro Seven, it, that's the only um, the only idiosyncrasy there. But it, it, it's it's still cool that they all follow the um, the Dural aesthetic, and I wish the original series did have that. Oh, okay, next. Um... Macross 2, and this time we'll start with Neo. Design-wise, definitely, especially with the, um, the Valkyries. It's not totally bad. One thing I would like is just like what we said with uh, Do You Remember Love, maybe a little backstory of how they got to that point, too, Like especially with that big whole thing about how it seems like um, you know, you and Spacey so complacent and just kind of big fat cats and stuff. Um, maybe just you know a little bit more on that. I mean, it, it's enjoyable, but... You know, just just the fact that everything looked, the Valkyries looked a little bit more Gundam-like. You know, and the, how angular they were, and um, you know, and and also too, maybe a well, little. It's bit- funny you say that because one of the uh, the lead designers of the Valkyries for um, Macross Two did uh, the initial designs for the um, 
first set of Gundams from Seed, as well as uh, the Estrays. Yeah. Oh. So we have him to blame. No. Um, <laughs> that and and maybe a little bit tighter story because it just it just, the story seemed kind of empty and you know the whole thing with a lot of the characters just it was just like oh okay you know it really didn't do much for me you know and and, and a lot of the you know the the character that stands out is the old drunk that gets killed at the beginning and it's i mean <laughs> you think you think you know everything about culture yeah you don't know anything about it i mean all these other people had like they had like five and a half more episodes to uh, make an impression and they really didn't make it out of much of an impression to me Ugh, i'm a war correspondent and i'm drunk uh, you got a problem with that Ugh. but that would be it so do you know what war is war never changes do you know what death is war has changed on his gravestone you'll find uh, a number seven as well and a, and a patch from the roy fokker school of alcoholic flight yeah <laughs> not to mention the johnny walker emblem yeah so bro if you could change things about macross 2 Oh, oh, y'all don't want to hear this. Um, let's see. First off, a severe rewrite, especially the ending. Can you be more specific? <laughs> Here's some more. Uh, <laughs> more distinction from its predecessor, and make its characters stand out of the shadows of the cast that preceded them. A more engaging lead to not be as not to be so bad that it gets removed from the canon, and of course, a better dub. Oh yeah, for a way that. better dub. Yeah. Well, now wait a second. Now this is something that came up in a thread on Mecha Talk. Uh, regarding up? Unicorn, uh, what does the quality of a show have to do with it being canon or not? That is true. true. That yeah. is true. And but I mean, it was... if something is canon versus non-canon, does that make it better or worse? What is what does that really matter? Well, not at all. You know what? You, you, you're right. But it's, it stands out as the only macro series that is non-canon. But it was considered canon at first. It was removed. that's because there was nothing else. And then when Kamori came back and said I had to do more sequels, he removed it because he didn't work on it. But that has nothing to do with its quality. Really? It's just. Yeah, because Studio New didn't really work on Macross 2. We've, that is that's true. a well-known fact. Yeah, we, so we, it's we sort of like, um, actually kind of a comparable situation is when Konami uh, did Snake's Revenge, mm-hmm. which Kojima did not work on, yeah. that inspired him to come back and do Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake, just like how uh, Kawamori did not work on Macross 2, but it did inspire him to come back and... Um, do, uh, plus and seven, and, yeah. and and you can lump the Castlevania series in there too when it comes to things. Uh, a lot of things removed from the canon. Well, here here's an idea: the Gundam series. Well, yeah. You know, are there certain things that are better just because they're not? I mean, oh. is is Double Zeta better than X? But Double Zeta was not never, canon or something. You know, it's well. I mean, they've they've established alternate universes in in that franchise. So and and well, only thing establishing I'll, it here. The only it's thing just, I can think of in the Gundam had, series that you, was removed you from you the canon. You have started a point though. I mean, yeah. they started. There was all those Universal Centuries. Then G came around. Yeah. I mean, G's still a good show, but does that make it a good show because it's not canon, or does it make it bad because it's not canon? It's canon unto itself. I mean, it's it's not that it's not canon. It's just that there's things that are in the UC timeline, and there's things that are not in the UC timeline. And but in, in reference to you know Mecha Talk and, yeah. and what brought this discussion, it was right. about Unicorn uh, bringing up elements of Double Zeta and... Um, you know, the, the point that I made was that lots of fanboys for years have been trying to insist that the Zeta movies make uh, ZZ non-canon. And my point was that only fanboys make that point yeah. because they usually have some kind of beef with Double Zeta. And True. there are sort of to say, you know, look, it's so bad they had to be kicked out of canon. What does one have to do with the other? Yeah. 
I, I, you, you have a you have you have a very solid point. Um, I just I've seen examples and, time and, and, and time that's again. A, that's as diff- I always do. Yeah, and that's and so. that's a different and that's a different example. And yeah, yeah well, what, what, how do how do you explain G Savior then? G Savior is just crap. Yeah. I don't. And it but rubbed it's itself out the cannon. No, they, 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 that is non-canon now. They, they took that. Uh, G Savior is no longer part of the canon, as far as my last understanding of it is. But also, G's story, G Savior's story, is written in such a way that you know, if it were to be kept yeah. canon, it limits the hand of what anyone wants to do with the future of Universal Century, should they choose to explore that. It's very true. Whereas you know, there's other there's novels out. You know, Tamino wrote. Gaia Gear, which a lot of fans like, but Gaia Gear was written at a time that um, was before either F91 or Victory, and its future doesn't match up with, you know, the past established by F91 and Victory, so it wouldn't work with those. So this is sort of the same thing with Macross 2, that, you know, the future of Macross 2 uh, just doesn't match with the way the past has developed in the mainline Macross universe, in terms of technology and you know, politics and story and all these elements. And it's not bad because it's not canon. It's just bad because it's bad. <laughs> I mean, well, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, though. So, I, but, but those are those are my um, selections there. Um, what are you guys' um, thoughts? You know, you look back in the original series, the Macross by itself was fighting off millions of ships. Yeah. And in Macross Two, the Earth stands at the edge of ruin from like a thousand ships. Yeah. Like, come on, well, you guys, and you guys have an entire planet full of uh, freaking Macross cannons and tons of Valkyries, and you know you do this, you do this piss poor of a showing to show for it. Well, in in defense of that, though, is like how far along was two after the original? It's eighty years, but you know they have so much more advanced technology, and they have worldwide right, but they defenses. Had gotten lazy because their defense, like. They just rely solely on the min-made defense, right? So whenever rogues and trotty fleets or whatever show up, they just hang at them. And well, there's nothing wrong with them being complacent, but you know oh. these guys were with the threat of just a thousand ships compared to millions. These guys were complacent to the point of total incompetency. So right. I don't have a it's problem with the story depicting them as being complacent, but just have them be a little bit more competent and not just get their asses whooped so badly. Just saying, like all those years of and easy fighting made them suck. <laughs> yeah, I, they, we're not we're disagreeing. Not I'm just saying they should have been a little bit more competent, even though they were still complacent. Yeah, it, seemed, yeah. it seemed bumbling. Yeah, more than yeah they were just bumbling to the point of just stupidity. Like, it, it's like how, how do these guys even maintain a, uh, a grip over the world if mm-hmm. they're just this useless? Yeah, it's, it's one thing if them not being uh, effective because they were ineffective. Yeah, they just seemed like it was like, oh my god, what am I doing? Blah blah blah. Like they were running around like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut yeah. off. Yeah, to have as little. These are supposed little, to be military pros. To have as few aces and standout captains as they did, you know. I mean, everybody was just cannon fodder, to be honest. But Even the Macross cannons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I would have them be a little bit more competent. Um, also, like Peter, I would. Um, redo the uh, the love triangle because yeah. the whole thing of Hibiki uh, falling for, for Sylvie is just totally BS and it only results because they were trying to copy the story of Daryl and have, you know, the main character fall for the Sundere military chick. Mm-hmm. Whereas naturally, if, you, if they went about it another way, you know, you see in this series that uh, Hibiki has much more contact and he's much closer to Ishtar, so yep. she should have been the, the natural choice rather than Sylvie, who he's only thrown together with at the very end, and they only start to even slightly get along 
at the very end. And I should have lived longer. You don't know about culture. <laughs> Nobody think about culture. Uh. Also, it would have you know had some more explanation about the Marduk, like who they are, you know how it is that they got to using the Zentradi as um, their fighting force, and also had a bit of a of a more believable, or I should say better villain because uh, Ingus basically was just one tiny step yeah he was a dingus and (laughs) he's only just one minor step away from being you know the mustache twirling kind of (laughs) we will destroy everything (laughs) low rent Dirk Dasterly Destroy it because I say so. Villain. He just sat in his chair the whole time. Yeah, regular. Yeah, creepy, creepy armchair villain that is like this bizarre sort of like tentacled kind of guy connected to this chair with a pretty boy face. What the hell's yeah. up with? Regular oil can Harry. Killing his own men. Low, low rent to Randall. Yeah, pretty much. So I would, uh, I, I would have beefed him up and had him be a, more of a threat rather than just you know destroy everything because I command it. So, moving on to uh, plus, let's go with uh, with Peter first. Uh, are we going to talk about the movie version separately, or is this all encompassing? Uh, let's just do both. Okay. But distinguish which one you're talking about. Well, really, uh, most of the things I would change about the original OVA gets changed in the movie anyways. Yeah. <laughs> like the ending, for one, and uh, stuff like Gold's death and things like that. So in the movie itself, I would have had included that battle from the beginning of the OVA. Mm-hmm. Even though it's technically pointless, it was still a really cool battle. And Soji Samu like, shows like he is like a pretty good pilot to like be worthy of his bragging, you know? Another thing I changed, I'm not this slip back into shipping here, and I would say I'd have <clears throat> say Myung should have been like, more not such a bitch. <laughs> and it's kind of like... Why are these two in love with her? Like, yeah, but you know, seem... a central part of the story is that she she is a screwed up bitch, and yeah. you know, if you look at it, Isamu uh, throughout the whole OAV and the movie, he doesn't really have any interest in her. Yeah, right. So, so it's yeah, not really that's... a love triangle in that sense. It's sort of he ends up with her by default because Gold is dead, rather than yeah. they were both vying for her. Really, it was with Gold a one man contest because he was competing for something that pretty much fell into his hands, regardless. Yeah. yeah. So in, in in that regard, like where the movie had Isamu and like spend the night with Lucy, that was more like I did that high approval. But then at the end, it's just like okay, so maybe Miyoung got better after her whole incident with, with uh, um, oh, what's Sharon? Yeah, Sharon. I was gonna say Cheryl, but no, that wasn't right. <laughs> Wrong idol. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl Apple. <laughs> yeah, so maybe Mewing would get better, but we don't really get to see that since it ends where it does. Okay. Uh, Solbro? I, I just got to beat a dead horse, um, because Peter pretty much pulled up the two things I would have, I'd have wanted to change. I make Mewing more likable, and mature the male leads a little more. I guess the third thing I can think of um, is also hearkening back to um, something Peter said. Uh, if anything, uh, that linchpin of uh. Or that plot twist where you find out that uh, Gold wild out on uh, Myung back when they were kids, you know, almost, you know, raping her or whatever, you know. I would have had that come up a whole lot sooner so they could, you know, kind of deal with that. But I I guess that was the whole dramatize of the the, the conflict between Gold and um, Isamu, but... I don't know. It's a cool hook, but I just wish there was more more of a reason for tension between them. 
besides that, but that's just me. That is just you. So it uh, is Neil. Um, I agree with Peter. I, I think the the issues that I have. Wow, with, <laughs> I don't think I don't know if I've yeah. ever heard those words come from your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do I do agree with him on here, but I think whatever issues I had with the show, uh, the movie just kind of ironed him out. The, I guess the only other thing would be is why if this guy has the ability gold, if he has the ability to go crazy like he did. Why did he, um, how did he pass like psychological testing for UN Spacey and everything? That'd, that'd be my only thing to see, um, you know, if he has this and, and maybe what the whole problem with him was. Cause I, I really don't remember. They never really said what his problem was, wasn't it? He just was just screwed up. Uh, who, who's he just screwed up and he took those pills to uh, suppress his Entrati fighting instincts. So yeah. maybe uh, since he had those memories so deeply suppressed and taking those pills uh you know he got he got by as we've seen uh, lots of people get by things that um, oh yeah you know they shouldn't have like for example you know the crazy astronaut who drew drove halfway across the country wearing adult diapers so she could kill somebody that's Ooh. true it's like wait how does somebody like this end up going into space and we, and we have and we have learned in every mecha series that if you have pills they magically heal you instantly as soon as you get them so Hell yeah man whatever problem and if you, you have. don't if you don't have them then you get mysterious blood coughing disease yeah <laughs> which only gets worse at the most critical time of the plot yeah but that's a whole drama. other that's for our discussion of uh of uh, mecha Mecha related diseases. Yes. <laughs> so uh, for me, I would also agree with with Peter. You know, all the complaints I had about the OAV were cleared up in the movie. The only thing that I wish was in the movie was that opening battle because, yeah. for one, it's just really cool, and two, it shows that Isamu is reckless, but he also does have legitimate skills. Yeah. I wouldn't really change much else. So. With that, we'll move on to Macross 7, and for here, we'll just first consider the TV show. Oh. So, uh, Paul, you're up to bat. Well, gee, the obvious one would be a little less recycled animation. <laughs> a- a- as much as I like seeing the old uh, Valkyrie escape pod getting blown away from the Valkyrie and into the uh, hands of a waiting uh, mecha, a little less of that, you know, s- some other things that might be a little bit more of like, the, the whole thing between, you know, Mylene's feelings for Basara, you know, uh, if it, you know, maybe, maybe look at that a little bit more, if it was just maybe just a clear infatuation, make the first like 15 episodes, you know, not seem like they drag as much, maybe tighten up the story of this. It, it's funny how we said that the original Macross should have been longer by about 15 or something episodes. Some ways Macross 7 could have been shorter by 15 episodes. <laughs> it would have made a little bit more sense. Um, but of course, towards the end, they, they, you know, they, they pick it up a little bit, maybe a little bit more, especially when, um, they were having all those problems in city seven where the people were getting abducted and stuff, maybe exploring that a little bit more. Cause, um, that seemed like a pretty cool thing, especially with the fear of the populace, um, you know, thinking all these vampires are, are stealing these people's souls. So, but that's about it. Peter, how, how is Mylene's DFC? <laughs> <laughs> on the on, on the on the rankings. Uh, my name is cute, but the flower girl is scarier. <laughs> I guess I I echo that not to reuse the animation so much. Oh. Maybe have the first like vary up the first few episodes so it's not just like a little little battle happens, Buster goes out sings and then they run away and then Gaumann yells at him and then Buster just kinda leaves. I'd, I'd like to see Bostra have more, like, consequences for his actions. 
Yeah, it's kind of true. Get a few good, like, punches in the face or something. <laughs> He's, like, going and screwing up all these things, but then people just kind of, like, let him get away with it. Gumlin would always complain about it, but he didn't go much beyond that, like, maybe, like, arresting Bosser or something for interfering with military affairs, you know? I think that would be a bit more like you would expect this would happen to this guy who goes out and just sings. And, um... I'd have him sing different songs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, bunch of like you guys were mentioning in your when you were in the roundup for Mercross Seven, where Foster just sings Planet Dance all the time, <laughs> and a few other songs only got like one or two appearances. So very up the songs a bit more. Hey, that was the hit single. They had to sell them. <laughs> and slipped him back into the love aspect of it again, which has always been important with Macross. I like have a resolution to that. I mean, the way I saw it is just that it was mostly just Mylene and Gomlin. I mean, there wasn't, they didn't really show too much between Mylene and Bassa other than she respected him. Like, I remember that one episode where they had the fancy light show where, the, like, the light showed their emotions or whatever. And, like, they were commenting on it when Gomlin walks into the concert and Mylene's singing. And then the light goes to him. It's like, oh, it's the light of love, and then when Bosser shows up, it, like, splits off to him, it's like, oh, it's the light of respect, so it's, like, kind of, like, okay, so you're saying she respects it, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, look, it's the love triangle. Like, I don't really equate respect to love, so it's more like, yeah, Mylene really respects Bosser, but she's in love with Gamelin there. So always But she like, also had a thing for Bosser, because you would see her, yeah. she would always get jealous whenever he would talk to, like, any, uh woman especially uh lex and her uh, her biker friends yeah i'd see her she'd just have like the massive flares of of jealousy yeah, that's true too but uh, i definitely have mylene and galman have some more finale to their relationship there like if they got together or not so and um maybe make ever needs not as pretty because that really threw me for a loop there when he first he first took off his mask <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of weird the fact that he's so pretty and he's played by Sailor. Yeah. It's a trap! That's just creepy. Maybe not have, um, what was his name? Not have him sing. Scruffy looking oh, guy. Oh, Gijil? Gijil. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, he should not sing it. Oh, I forgot. Uh, less of uh, Gavel, too. Soul Bros Boy. The, oh, awesome. the, be- the beauty of failure. <laughs> the beauty of being a furry. <laughs> Maybe not have Seville be so uh, spacey. It's just kind of weird. It's like an imposter is all chasing after her. It's like, what are you doing? But, yeah. Okay. Uh, Solbro? Oh, boy. Man, I've got a laundry list. I'll try to keep it quick. Um, I agree with both of y'all. Um, develop Basara a lot more throughout the series, and um, I'm right there with with Peter when it comes to the fact that he should have more consequences to his actions. This is a personal note, but uh, make Milia, uh, sorry, make uh, what's it, Milia, Genus? Make her more um likable. <laughs> <laughs> then again, Mylene? Only, uh, huh? Mylene? Mylene, Jesus. Thank you. I don't know why I'm saying Milia, but my, make mom? Mylene more likable. No, Millie, Millie, is, Millie is fine. Um, But yeah, make Indeed Mylene she more. Is. That yeah. she is. That she is. Yeah, president. <laughs> damn straight. Um, Give Max and, give Max and Millie more to do. Introduce us to the other genus sisters that we missed out on. Um, I think, uh, at, I guess, tops, we've been only, we've only seen three on screen. Save for the family photo. Four, if you count the adopted daughter from uh, the M3 video game. Thank you. Yeah, that's, you're right. You're right about that. I forgot about the uh, the, the the mystery eighth child. But um, any more kids? Exactly. 
birth to seven of them. Let's adopt another. Another the Swiss Family Robinson, Jack. Other than that, um, improve the animation, which of course was delved uh, delved upon. Uh, give us more aces, unique dog fights, and less cannon fodder. Make an OVA with the original team that came in contact with the Proto Devlin, and I, I, we mentioned that back when we did the uh, Macross Seven Roundup. Less standalone episodes in the beginning, and more presence of the overall plot. Uh, resolve the love triangle. Have a proper size. Oh, to also have a proper oh, size. I, th- I think it's pretty. It's pretty well resolved compared to later incarnations of the oh. Macross franchise. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Yeah, hate, 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 hate. <laughs> this is a, a dig at the movie, but to have a proper size movie. And um, we're only talk about the series. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm splitting it up. I, at the time, so I wrote this, just not listening. I'm, things up I'm just, like I'm just being the douche as usual. There you go. But um, last but not we least, missed you. we missed you so much last episode. I know, man. I know. Y- y'all were, y'all were so y'all had the Kleenex out. <laughs> I, was, I was, I was, so did the I listeners. Was, no, <laughs> especially my man Mula Flaga. I got, I got a, I got to laugh a whole lot less. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not helping. But um, last but not least, to integrate the strongest women episode into the series run and to have those Meltran <laughs> join the Seven Fleet. That's just some fan fiction I wrote. <laughs> no, I just laughed because we just said we're splitting up the extras from the series and you talk about the extra. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> you should have saved it. We are talking about the TV show. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying that they could have integrated that episode into the TV series run. <laughs> Epic fail. All right, I'm, I'm done. I'm done, yeah, Chris. Just, you're, ki- you're kicked out of the rest of this, this there you discussion. go there you go i'm gonna go, go take it go into the timeout corner i'm gonna go take a nap <laughs> oh my gosh go go into the corner and reflect upon what you've done uh. back to you chris back to you definitely uh, agreeing with you guys i think the story needs to be tightened up at the beginning because it gets to be a little uh, formulaic and the show for me doesn't really pick up until the arc where uh the veruda steal city seven yeah and there's that sort of cat and mouse back and forth you know Battle 7 trying to meet up with them and the people trying to serve on their own so I think that would have been better situated earlier into the series and have some of these plot points explained a bit earlier Uh, they definitely needed more dynamics in the battle animation because one thing every Macross show has is well done battles and the TV series of 7 just doesn't have that at all it's the same cheap quality stock footage every time of you know Maruta fires cannon fighter valkyries move to the left or to the right robots explode and completely disappear not even leaving debris um the cannon fighter valkyries get hit the pilots eject into the waiting hands of the ruta mecha for spiritia sucking <laughs> you know, it's just the same old stuff over and over and it's not until the very end of the show you see some variation in that and why is it that we have to wait until the very end of the show to see Max and Amelia fighting together? Yeah. So that's something that could have been changed. Basara, I think, should have been developed more as a character throughout the series because he's totally static the whole series. He never changes. And asexual. And characters who, well, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Characters who never develop are just not interesting. Yeah. Case in point, uh, Kira in Destiny. You know, characters have to have things happen to them. They have to develop. They have to change. I mean, mm-hmm. they had an even opportunity in Seven where, you know, Basra runs off on his own, you know, to go on this journey of discovering why he is, why is it he sings, but then nothing changes. He's exactly the same. Yeah. So, you know, and maybe take the edge off of him just a, a, a tad bit. Sometimes uh, him being a dick is, is a cool thing, like when uh, he's infuriating the, uh, the brass of UN Spacey. But sometimes, you know, he's just too much of a dick to his own friends. Especially Ray. 
especially Ray, but also Mylene. Yeah. And not recognizing, you know, as someone his age should, that she's just, you know, a little teenage girl who's got uh, the hots for him, and he should, you know, be aware with it and deal with it one way or the other. Yeah. And, of course, uh, there should have been resolution to um, the love triangle. So, moving on to um, all of the sequels combined, let's see what Soulbro has to say. <laughs> I think we already know. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, this, does this include Dynamite, or are we going to hold off on that? And, and he just says all of this. I said all of the <laughs> sequels <laughs> combined. God. Well, all right then. Um, Encore you, I, listens, listens critically in class. I hate you all. Unsatisfactory. <laughs> I, I, I wish teacher conference needed. <laughs> I, I I'd I'd like to have seen the um the encore episodes integrated into. Let me guess the woman the one with the strongest women that would have been a cool one for the in the regular series, wouldn't it? How did you know? I don't know. <laughs> it's like deja vu all over again. Man, dang man, it's happened before. It'll happen again. Freaking, we must have we must be in a parallel universe. <laughs> But um, uh, that uh, uh, I, of course, to making the movie a little bit longer, and my my specific ones for Dynamite Seven are um, I would have rather have seen this series be more of an epilogue to the TV show, or even four stories that are standalone adventures that take place during uh, Bossarus travels, um, or better yet, have each of the four uh, episodes solely primarily uh, feature a character from Firebomber. That's what I would have liked to see in Dynamite Seven. Yeah, but um, other than that, that's that's pretty much it for me. Okay, uh, Peter, about uh, all of the sequels. Um, if the movie I'd make it longer, that's about it. Cause I really like the movie. Um, the uh, non-crap episodes, I don't really remember any of them. I don't remember what they were about, but nothing specific. But those were fine on their own. And uh, for Dynamite. Um, a lot of (laughs) singing space whales, uh, giant Captain Ahab, yeah, that's just kind of, like... Hey, as if there weren't weirder things in the TV show. True, but, like, this just kind of seems like, okay, what does this have to do with anything from the TV series? Like, I think, as a sequel, it's still, like, continued on something like maybe, maybe... that could have like focused solely on like the love triangle and solving that, but it's just Foster goes off, goes off, ends up on some weird planet. My uh, main gets date raped by some chick that I guess was her manager for her solo stint in the Macross Trash manga. I think I've seen a little bit of that. Um, that was kind of pointless. I got rid of that. No, you know that. You, you know that woman that tried to rape Mylene, right? In OV8. Right. And you guys were wondering in your um, segment there, like, where she came from. Mm-hmm. She's a character from one of the side story images. Oh. From, from, from I read I, Trash a long time ago, but I don't recall too much about it, so I'd have to check and see where it is that she shows up. Well, may, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong title, but there was a manga of Mylene, I think it was her trying a solo gig or whatever and that woman was her manager oh. that would be Mylene that probably is Mylene beat because uh, Trash only very slightly figures in characters from the main series well, well, main it, was, it was one of the mangas so yeah they could have explained that or just get rid of it entirely um yeah, other than that like just seeing Space Whale what is this going to be uh and always remember you don't have to change everything <laughs> 
So if you don't have something, you don't have to say it. I was just wondering how, like, say, like, maybe show what happens after the OVA, because recently they revealed that after that, like, Foster never returned to City 7, and he just kind of became a space hobo or something. <laughs> he always, he, he was a space hobo even before Macross 7, so it's not surprising that that's what he went back to. Yeah. Right. So, that pretty much resolved the world trying to, I guess, and that's after all those years, Miley didn't hook up with Gowling or whatever, but I guess, yeah, maybe nobody focused too much on Bossera and then not enough on the, the other characters. They just kind of show up at the planet near the end there, and they're safe for the whole mining business. But, yeah. Okay, uh, Neil? Not too much. The only thing I, um, the, the only thing I would change on any of them, because I'll be honest, it, it just doesn't matter that much to me. But the only thing that I would change in any of them is like we discussed about the whole thing about um, uh, where you had that another you had another group of humanoid species. Like just a little explanation of why they're there or who they are or whatever might have been a little nice uh, because you know they were just kind of introduced and we've never really dealt with them before. But other than that, more no. sense. Yeah. Other than that, I, I realized what all these things were. They were just one huge um, fire bomber commercial. So, um, as, as Gundam likes to do animated shorts and, and, and separate things to sell models, uh, Macross likes to do it to sell albums. So. Indeed they do. I recognize for what it is. Ruddle? For me, uh, the movie, I'd make it, you know, a bit long, a bit longer because it's basically the same size as a TV series episode, albeit with much nicer animation. Uh, Encore, two of the episodes were okay. They're, they're all right. And... Complete the strongest woman. I would make longer and stick it into the TV show. For Dynamite, I think that uh, the rest of Fire Armor kind of got the shaft. Yeah. You know that storyline with the um, lesbian rapist was kind of odd and just out of place, and just sort of seemed like a waste of time. Would have been better spent having them do something. This OAV would have been a good opportunity to have a resolution between the Basra Mylene thing, but instead he's um, hanging out with some elf look-alike of her with a pet snake <laughs> and she only shows up and interacts with him for like the last two seconds of the series yeah so i think they could have uh if, if the series maybe an episode longer show a little bit more of what was going on at the fleet you know with like max and all these people because they kind of all get the short shrift and so does gamlin and you know instead there's all this focus on these new aliens who themselves get very little explanation you know why is there this uh you know, other humanoid sentient species out there that is part of UN Spacey, but, you know, there's no explanation of who they are or what their story is. So that could have used some, some more explanation. That's that's it for that. All right. Moving on then, uh, we're almost done. Uh, Macross Zero, so Solbro. Oh, man. Well, uh, in Macross Zero, the things I would like to see changed is, um, I guess, to have the production staff care more about continuity. Uh, I know that when they went into it, they had stated that you know, you know, they they weren't going to give much attention to continuity and 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 just do the story their own way. But I'd I'd rather I'd rather they had cared a bit more. Um, to also have more charismatic leads in Shin and Sarah. Um, in addition, to be more int- to be more of an interesting prologue, and to uh to to be more of an interesting prologue to not only Macross Frontier but to also um, SDF Macross as well. And last but not least, to make it way less hip, hippie and new age. 
but that, that would that, require changing directors. That would. <laughs> but um, that's that's those are my choices. Okay, uh, Neil. Um, that whole middle section, you know, that whole <laughs> that whole transition between like three episodes three and four, and um, also the fact too of what was his name, Didi, actually have him and Roy have a little bit more you know a little bit better fight and actually have them one of them you know maybe having roy kill him and except dd getting killed by the uh whatever those things were the bird man that would have been that would made a little more sense been been a little bit more exciting than the uh you know oh watch out here comes all this stuff and he just gets ripped apart (laughs) but um yeah and sarah she was very annoying um more roy um probably more roy and more roy and uh See how uh, the the black guy survived everything, because uh, you know I we never saw how he escaped the original when he got shot down originally. So that'd have been interesting to see. But that's it, Peter. Well, I think the most obvious thing to change is the release schedule. <laughs> we have to wait how long between each episode? Well, we'll get you six months. <laughs> yeah. yeah, six months. Most OVAs are released monthly, but six months. Yeah, so definitely change that. Um, you listening to that sunrise? You listening? <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, they don't care about Gaijin. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they want me to buy that Blu-ray though. Go ahead, Peter. I guess Sarah was the big problem. She just kind of was Another one of those bitchy Macross girls. I just kind of she didn't get much better though. Well, she wasn't the DFC. Her sister was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always was cute and fun to watch, so she's a okay in my book. But Sarah's just kind of like, oh, cutting, cutting, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay. And then it's the same thing as like she begins to be like, oh, all of a sudden she she's making out with Shin and stuff. I mean, Shin at least for his part, I can understand. It's like, oh, here, here's this naked chick singing, and they, yeah, I'd understand him being like attracted to her, but. Just kind of not much else going for her there. So maybe lighten her up a bit. And other thing, I unlike some of you, I don't have a problem with like Dee Dee and Nora getting taken out by the Birdman, if only because it had shown previously in the series that Roy and Shin just weren't good enough to take them down. Like, yeah, but what's the point then of establishing rivalries between yeah. these four characters if they're going to get taken down by some alien? And I'm not too worried about Nora. I would, I just thought it would be, it would have made a lot better story if Roy just surpassed the teacher. You right. That would have been I, cooler. I can agree with you there, but I'm just saying from certain perspectives it makes sense. But yeah, yeah it's why resolve the rivalries if they don't have them resolved, but... I guess the excuse is just that fancy-looking CD battle. But, and then, then I can, okay, I'm fine with, like, Farrah getting up extremely bad as bird-human, whatever, and then shooting off in space or whatever it is she does after she gets nuked. Um, but then the bit after where Shin, suddenly his plane goes all glowy and he floats up in his face, like, what was that? Like, um, what? He's never shown any, like, human powers earlier or whatever so it's just kind of like where is he going so maybe not have him <laughs> do that at the end like maybe if he lost his love then maybe have him die or just be like oh shit now i'm all alone again now or oh. whatever just not like he's suddenly naturally flying into space for some reason and then i was like oh so you were a bird human after all it's like what <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, though. They should have given us something more definite by far. So, um, Neil? I already went. 
Oh, I forgot. Yeah. But we had to take a, a break. So I guess it's just me, huh? It's just you. Oh, actually, one more thing. A little bit more explanation between that war between the UN Spacey and, and the anti-UN forces. That kind of confused me a little bit, too, and how they had all that the same technology. <laughs> so Indeed. Yeah, I could explain by, like, an intelligence leak or something. However, yeah, just, just something. I would say um, the scope of Zero was too small as a prequel to the original series because it seems that, you know, outside of those few times that there's Valkyrie combat, everyone is just running around the jungle back and forth and back and forth and back and forth yeah. for five episodes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Sarah's just a totally unlikable character, and like Peter said, it's the whole uh, Sylvie thing again, where these two characters don't get along at all, and then just magically at the very end, they're all over each other. Yeah. I think it probably would have been more interesting if uh, Mao, who Shin does get along with, was older. Maybe if she was like... uh, like the same age as as Sarah, they were like twin sisters. That would have actually made for for a love triangle because you know this girl's so young that Shin's not even going to bother with her. Or a year younger or something. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I, w- I would say sort of like uh, sort of like the Moon Moon sisters. Yeah. <laughs> Given that it's the same sort of you know hippie you know tree huggers kind of thing, you know, it would be more fitting if. They were closer in age, and then where you'd have a more viable love triangle of, you know, see there was beating for Shin's affections. See, there was something good that came out of those two episodes of Double Zeta. <laughs> I guess so. Moo Moo, the tre- treasure trove of tropes. I think the as a prequel, it should have focused more on um, the unification war, since that's sort yeah. of a blank spot in Macross's history that's only mentioned a little bit in the very first episode, and a little bit later on in that uh, Roy flashback episode. So I would have liked to know, like, you know, how is it that the U- the uh, anti-UN forces had this advanced technology, and once they acquired the Birdman, what was their objective? Why did they want to get their hands on it? What were they going to do with it? Yeah, it doesn't really seem like that much of a prequel to me. I know people, I know that's probably the way it was presented, but it doesn't really seem that much once you watch it, because, like you said, outside of the, the stuff with Roy and some of the Vi- uh, Valkyrie combat, it just doesn't, it's just people running around in the village. So, or in the jungle. For God's sakes, less tree hugging. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't watch uh, anime to have uh, it preach to me about the environment. I don't need to hear, and I also don't want to hear dumb uh, tribal uh, nonsense. It's karun this and karun yeah. that. Karun, karun, karun. It's like shut up, you freaking jungle hick. Yeah. Sick to death of hearing all of this nonsense about oh the stealing of our souls and you cut it and you know you turn you stole the stars from the night by turning on the lights and you know the the TV it's like oh my god just shut up you freaking little backwards wench yeah <laughs> basically um, you know even though Macross Zero was okay for what it was it would have been nice if it was totally different yeah agree that's the best way I could describe it so. Uh, wrapping up, since uh, none of us have seen the Frontier movies, we'll be uh, talking about the Frontier TV show. So, Peter, uh, what would you change about uh, Frontier? Uh, back on, nothing really stands out except maybe I didn't really like the whole Clan Michelle thing. Uh, maybe develop that more. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I don't really like it that much. I mean, I know they have history, but maybe show more of that history other than just, like, again, they just bicker all the time and not much else. Um, 
something that really stands out that much. Yeah, I'd say like love the love triangle, but who knows the movie might do that more. Of course, I myself am leaning more towards also with Ranka, but I know Mio doesn't like that idea. Um, Pedal Bear South and I uh, have a friend down here who would uh, beat you over the head for that because she is uh, she's very anti-Ranka. And in fact, uh, another friend of ours actually printed out a couple of um, anti-Moeblob t-shirts that have uh, a picture of Ranka with a circle and a line over her. It's, it's quite amusing. Hey, yeah, I take offense to that. They're all pretty Moe, too. What, and and let, let, me, let me get this straight. Why would he have been better off with Ranka? I mean, like, I'm just saying that's what I would prefer. I'm not saying it's better than Cheryl also. I mean, I'm nothing against Cheryl with also either. It's just, I, I, I like both pairings, but I'm just saying. So, we need to afford the other pairing. I mean, sure, like, also, Cheryl has a lot going with it. I mean, in the novel, I guess they have sex that one night, too. I don't know how. Well, they have more chemistry. And if you want to take that. Anyways, it, it's fine. It's a specific comedy, but again, like, who knows? Right. Well, Neil, don't you know, man? Ronka's a DFC, man. Come on. That's all the that's all the reason you know that's all the reason you need, baby. Okay, can can I go with what I would change in uh in Frontier, Chris? Or do you uh, want yes, to wait? please please uh please jump in. Okay, remember that episode, I think it was either one or two where Gilliam gets crushed into sauce? The first episode? <laughs> yes. Insert and replace Gilliam with Ronka. <laughs> oh man. Uh cause that's basic. I mean, outside the fact that the whole thing between her becoming a bigger star, you know, halfway through the show in, um, in Frontier, she was completely useless. And I mean, it was just, it, it just got worse the more and more that everything went on. Yeah. Okay. We had the little plot device of her being the half, uh, Verugia and half human and all this other stuff, but it just, you know, the character itself, it was just nothing there. I mean, there were the, I, uh, yeah. I would have liked to have seen Alto slapped up upon the head because how could you not choose? Either you like little annoying girls or a woman. So it's like... I think I'm going to have to have my friend uh, bring you one of his t-shirts for Megacon because uh, <laughs> it, it would just work perfectly for you. Because to be honest with you, I don't... You know, he's he's a, he's a simpleton and, you know, kind of a puss too because, you know, I'd have more respect for the character if he would... Hey, if you want Ronka, Ronka, that's fine. But at least make a choice. You know, it's like... it, it, it just just didn't it, it didn't seem anything um so what you're saying is all your favorite lead no oh, right. it's not um <laughs> you know actually in some ways no, I by wish definition th- he's your favorite lead but, oh y'all yeah. get the hell out of he, here because he, <laughs> well actually if, if i could change another thing and, and search and replace michael getting sucked out and stabbed and shot out the in the space put alto Damn. and then have michael just save the world what? That would have been better. <laughs> so, as you can see, oh. my interpretation of Frontier would be a completely different, um, Whole a completely different reboot. I have a question, uh, Neil. You're saying how Ranka doesn't do anything for the whole series, and no, she doesn't do anything for the story for the whole thing and, and the characters and stuff. She's just a very, she's just the little cutesy moy chick. That okay, I understood the part. I thought the part where she becomes a bigger sensation than Cheryl that was okay. I don't have a problem with that. But then all this other stuff just got. I mean, she she was so she was so just indecisive and just so just so eh, on the fence. 
intense. And then, you know, she, she's wanting to be with Alto, then she doesn't want to be with Alto, and then she's getting mad. And, then, you know, right. and he's part of the problem, too, because he was such a freaking puss. In some ways, he's worse than Saji Crossroad. Oh, Jesus. I, my question oh, was going to be, like, how Cheryl was much different. Hey, don't bring well, Saji into this. Cheryl, Cheryl was much different, first off, because she was a little bit older. Secondly, um, you know, her character and Alto's character, they had a good they had a good kind of chemistry going because yeah, he's that low key kind of reserved guy and she's she she's got that little bitch streak in her. Mm-hmm. But you could still see that they did care for each other and there was a little bit more chemistry between, you know, the traits of the characters. And that he pushed her to be her best as much as he pushed or she pushed him to be his best because, you know, she she was supporting him. She wanted him to be be pilot and be the best he could in the same way that he did for her when she was wanting to quit. Rocka didn't do that. Rocka was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm got my little squeaky, my little squeaky cell. And I'm, I'm you know, oh, God, I can't believe you're talking to Cheryl. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just like I, I oh. thought the great fact is like Ranka did push Cheryl, too. Because she introduced the whole rival factor, so Sarah had to step up to compete. Well, that's that's a that's a that's a difference between being a rival and being supportive. I think. Well, they were pretty supportive. Alto, of- Alto, mm, I don't think so. Look, Cheryl man. was more supportive of Alto's dreams and some of the things that he wanted to do. Look at the whole thing when she went to her his house with his brother, man. and she's trying to learn about the family, and she she tried she was trying to understand who Alto was instead of being you know instead of doing what she wanted to do. But, but that's Neil, exactly what it is. They're both his wings, man. Oh, I know. <laughs> You're both my wings. Which, uh, if you if, if you don't have anything more to say, I, I have quite a few things to say. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> for the record, uh, one, I do not hate Ronka. I don't have a problem with her as a character. Uh, for me, the love triangle, you know, given that they spent so much time on this love triangle, to have it end with, you're both my wings, is such a huge cop-out. Yeah. Unless Alto's real intention was for a, uh, a Sanpi, yeah. which I think uh, Peter knows what that means. What is what does it mean? No, it means a threesome. Yeah. Oh, right on. <laughs> so unless uh, unless uh, unless his intention was for a Sanpi, um, saying you're both my wings is the hugest cop out ever. Yeah, it's terrible. So I, I, he should have made a choice. Obviously, I would have preferred the choice to be Cheryl, but a choice would have been better than no choice. Given that so much time was spent on this, it didn't bother me as much in Macross Seven that the triangle wasn't resolved because they didn't spend as much time on the triangle as Frontier did. Yeah, they're, that, that middle part of the show, they're developing large portions of that episode to developing this triangle, and it was just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the show was advertised as like a super galactic love story, but it must have been on a, oh, I won't lose to you, no. Yeah, um, I would have had Alto be just... Um, way less dense than he is because oh. he's just so um it's not that he's unlikable as a protagonist but you know he's just so self-absorbed with his i don't like the theater i want to fly in the sky that he's just blind to everything that's going around him until it's too late yeah which is the point that uh that michael was trying to make to him even though he too was you know blind to some things until it was too late but but the thing about alto is even when he got to the point of seeing that moment of clarity he still didn't do what needed to be done i mean we've seen blockheads and other and other shows like domone and all those guys you know at least he still got it i alto still didn't get it it was like 
you know, I'm going to be Switzerland in this whole thing. You're both my wings. Yeah, Alto is way more of a blockhead than like Hikaru and Double yeah. Bind. On the scale of blockheads, he's and, probably and, like near and, the top. And, and adding right. Bar- Basara in there. He's right. Put those three in there, he's still a bigger blockhead. Man, he's right next to Charlie Brown. Because at least, at least we knew that Basara loved music. So it's like, okay, he didn't choose Mylene because he liked music or something. That's fine. But okay, go ahead, Chris. Also, um, I think a little bit of more time should have been devoted to um, the Galaxy Fleet and uh, what these guys were all up to. Yeah. Because, in essence, they, under Grace, were the main villains, but they didn't really get too much time, and I would have liked to have seen some more explanation of their motives. We know that Grace is crazy, and she's a psychopath, and she wants revenge, and she wants to rule everything, but, you know, what are these other people in on it for on Galaxy? You know, this... uh, invisible uh, conspiracy of people whose voices we only hear what are what do they want to achieve why are they working with grace they're uh, they're sale <laughs> i guess so uh, another thing um have leon be a little bit less transparently evil yeah. yeah because even from just his character design you can just tell from the very moment he appears on screen even before he opens his mouth but certainly after he opens his mouth and you hear his voice you yeah. can tell that this guy's just blatantly evil and he's going to do something evil eventually. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, he's, you know, completely evil. <laughs> well, that's actually kind of a bit of a nice misleading point. Like, you think, oh, yeah, here's this guy. He's obviously going to be the big bad at the end. But then it turns out he was just some cosplay guy like Grace just manipulated, and he got pine in his He was a chump, but he so. thought he was the big guy, and he was still evil regardless. Whether he was the big bad doesn't matter the fact was that he just looked and acted transparently evil and was evil right so it was just a little too obvious even when they unveiled the character designs and i saw the character designs just kind of like oh this guy's this guy's evil just <laughs> look at that little bob cut and and those beady little eyes that guy's gonna do something evil and then lo and behold he does all the stuff that he does so make him a little less obvious not just in his actions but also his appearance because you shouldn't have it be that people are just that easily readable from the way they look. Yeah. Like in contrast, Grace, you didn't really... She just looked like Cheryl's manager at first. Yeah, Grace, you know, it, it's not until halfway through the show that, uh, you know, you see that um, she's a uber evil because she just, you know, she's Inoue-san doing the voice and, and she's just cute and she's the manager and, you know, she, you don't expect anything out of her right. and then she surprises you. Actually, Inoue uh, doing the voice kind of gave it away a bit sooner because when you have like the mysterious voice talking to Brera on his his uh his thing there giving him no orders it's pretty clear that it's her voice you know like she's got that distinct voice so when you know like that clued me off like hey maybe that's Grace isn't it but you didn't know that from the very first yeah. episode that she would be right. evil with right. Leon you know from the get go this guy's going to be evil um, I think the show could have been a little bit longer because 25 episodes is not a lot of ground to cover everything that they did. I know they were kind of going for this whole 25 theme, 25th anniversary, VF25, Macross 25, 25 episodes, but an episode or two more wouldn't have hurt. Yeah, the, 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 the ending seemed a little rushed. Yeah. Still a great ending, but a yeah. little bit on the rush side. So, Go ahead. One thing that just came to my mind, even though like the final battle was pretty awesome with all the composite song and stuff like that. Like, that was pretty epic. But I would really like to see more of, like, maybe Battle Galaxy and Battle Frontier duking it out instead of Battle Frontier just kind of charging him with the Falcon Punch there. And 
<laughs> Pretty much it. But it was the most awesome Falcon Punch ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've run pretty long, so unless anyone has any oh, uh, closing I, comments on Frontier. I have one more on Frontier. Um, make uh, Clam Clam or whatever the hell her name was uh, look the same at uh, mini size as maxi sized. The the uh, the whole we got to appeal to the the pedos. No offense, Peter. Um, I it didn't, and especially it was like some mysterious thing where only her, only she is, uh, uh, you know, afflicted with this thing where changing her size is going to actually alter her whole uh, physical look from being. Yeah, that uh, was just really dumb. Yeah, it was stupid. That's just a dumb idea, and also you know, um, uh, Michael being as clueless as he is, talking about oh, if I do something to you and you look like that, I might get arrested or something. Well, idiot, the alternative is you do like Max did and Daryl. You make yourself bigger. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like the obvious choice. That would make sense. It, it, but, you know, you know, we had so many we had so many uh, shows and, and, and movies prior, and the Zentradis were getting mini and maxied all the time, and we never really heard of anything being a, you know, being a, um, you know, consequence of doing that. But yet, all of a sudden, it's going to change this this very large busty woman into uh, a, a like an eight year old girl <laughs> I mean come yeah, on it just seems like like uh, 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 one of those ideas that gets tossed around the ridership like hey man wouldn't it be funny if we had this like uber hot Zentradi chick and then when she gets micronized she gets turned into an angry lolly ha 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 yeah oh, let's do it boy. yeah it's yeah. one of those bad ideas that should have been uh, cut from development very early on but somehow <laughs> managed to sneak through all the way yeah that is some something terrible I, I just like to, to, to say one of my thoughts um, you guys covered everything else but um, for this series to help make the events of Macross Zero make more sense that's that's all I would uh, that's, that's that's the only thing I'd like to add I guess. It kind of did that a little bit. <laughs> it, it did. It, I, it did. actually, I actually, it actually made it a little bit more, made sense a little bit more to me after watching Frontier. I think it helped Zero more <laughs> than it hindered it. It helped Zero more, like just like how uh, MGS4 made MGS2 make a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. true, true. So, well, that's all I have. All well, right. then uh, we've taken quite an extensive look at uh, what we would do with the Macross franchise. So, uh, special thanks to Peter for coming out and joining us for this segment and adding to discussion and we're just going to take a quick break we'll be right back you're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Gundam you I almost numbchucked you you don't even realize Need a cake, but you don't want something boring from the local supermarket or bakery? In the South Florida area, try EpicSugarWorks.com. This bakery specializes in creating cakes based off of your favorite anime series, video game character, or whatever custom design you're looking for. Their online store also features anime and video game themed chocolate lollipops, as well as gift certificates if you want to give something to somebody. So if you're looking for a cake that's above the norm, go to EpicSugarWorks.com. It's epically delicious. Greetings. I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. 
Jules, you give that fucking Nimrod $1,500 and I'll shoot him on general principle. No, Yolanda, Yolanda, he ain't gonna do a goddamn motherfucking thing. Bitch, shut the All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, so concludes episode 49 of Gundam at MHQ. In this episode, we spoke about um, uh, kind of a harbinging back of uh, an episode we did quite a few episodes ago of what we would change in uh, the Gundams, you know, this movies and series, etc. Um, we did this now for Macross, uh, covering everything from Super Dimensional Fortress Macross to Daryl uh, Plus zero seven all the seven side stories and uh frontier except the frontier movie because we haven't seen it yet but yet i think Solbro gave his guarantee on that movie oh you did no you gave it on the uh double o movie on the that's double right. o movie that's you right give, are you gonna give it on the uh frontier movie too um no jury's out on that one no because 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 that rock will be in it yeah oh. but um <laughs> now we'll go to Solbro for the plethora of websites that we can that you can find uh gundam at oh. so well, thank you, sir. Download them at all, every and all. <laughs> um, MAHQ.net, the Mecca and Anime Headquarters, where the magic happens, gang. And also, you can check out the official forums of MAHQ and, and Gundam as well at mechatalk.net. And um, also, head on over to gundam.net, which is the official podcast website, uh, where you can find liner notes and info on the latest episodes and links to our Facebook MySpace, Spill.com, and also where we can find us on iTunes and Zoom. You can reach us by email by going to GundamMAHQ at gmail.com. And finally, you can peep our tweets at Twitter.com slash M-A-H-Q-D-O-T-N-E-T. And lastly, I'd like to give a shout-out to um, some of our listeners that frequent Mecha Talk and whatnot. Um, they have a new podcast out called... Um, it's called after something from um, Gurren Lagan that most people are familiar with that love that show. It's called Row, Row, Fight the Power. And um, this podcast is um, eight episodes deep right now and covers roundtable discussions about anime, video games, and all sorts of other nerddom featuring the ragtag intercontinental crew of Bakuhatsu, Mikhail, Saber, Elvin Blade Rogue, and of course, um, show favorite Canada Man, our boy Kiyoshi. Um, who's a longtime Gundam listener and a Mecha Talk regular. And um, if you missed a commercial earlier in the episode, peep their homepage at rrfdp.blogspot.com. And um, that's pretty much it for now. Oh, I just woke up. Felt, felt like I was in a felt like I was in a Peter Jackson movie. You go to sleep when your news yeah. takes 20 minutes? <laughs> Mine's action, action-packed, though. All right, well, I'm sure action it is. Action-packed news. Hey, guys. Going on. The one yeah. part of the show that I have <laughs> last five minutes. Uh, <laughs> all I just hear is dot com dot com link link dot com dot com. I'm sorry. Dot net. I like people to actually visit a website and create some traffic for once. <laughs> I'm just. We kidding. probably we probably show up number one on Google. I would imagine for Gundam by one now. One of these years. So, but um, all right. Well, that so concludes episode 49. Next episode will be uh, 50. It means only 15 more till we retire. So, because uh, that episode 65, we'll be able to retire, and then we'll we'll be real cranky. Although the next episode of MegaCon will be a special, so yeah, yeah, it'll so be a little bit more before we hit that that uh, that silver age. That is true, and uh, yeah, we'll have to do episode 65 like old men. Yes, where are these damn kids and their robots these days? <laughs> Back in my day, they had to put these 
videotapes inside these VCRs, <laughs> and you didn't have chapter skips, and you had to rewind oh. the tape. Oh, man. <laughs> Soulbro can talk about the Betamax. He can. Taping old school, that old school is animes old. on TV, man. Wow. Dragon Warrior, son. That's how Westworld and now, is at. And now you refer to yourself in the third person, Soulbro. That's right. Every day. The Rock says... Anyway, or 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 the other scary thing, anime on laserdisc. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to open up that. that. That was fun. You don't want to open up that can of worms. But um, all right. Well, everyone that can get to MegaCon, get, and uh, we'll be back with that show in a couple of weeks, and then we'll, like Chris said, we'll be at the regular numbered episode fifty a few weeks after that. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you then. Bye. Everyone, listen up. I'm leaving the service. Gundam at MHQ is a Shinjuku station in MHQ production. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. <laughs>